Oh, ho, ho, Halo Infinite delayed until 2022. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, I must have missed this. This was a while ago. What? The Halo announcement. Oh, hang on. Is it April Fool's? Oh, it's fake. Hang yeah, on. like, I can't see anything yeah, about it. Yeah, right. Never mind. Hey everyone, today is Thursday, the 1st of April 2021. This is The Gap, episode 559. I'm Luke Laurie, Job Gorey's here, and it is April Fools. Nearly got tricked there for a second, Job. Nearly, nearly got fucking boomed. How come, how come when I go on Facebook, and I don't do that very much these days, but how come when I go on mm. Facebook and I see, uh, you know, four chicks I went to high school with all clearly being conned by convincing-looking literature about some fucking magical hawaiian berry that they're selling mm. right how come i'm not allowed to laugh at them but on april fools you're allowed to laugh at anyone who gets fucking scrumped by a fucking convincing looking fucking headline what's the deal there how come i can't laugh at these people 364 days a year but one day a year it's no holes barred also you still can't laugh at those people because like they're not being april fooled they're just being generally fooled Right. Right? Why can't I just laugh? Like, in the in the King's Court, the fool was the 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 main comedian, the the lead comedian, right? Fooling should be a merry occasion. I guess it's because when they're getting fooled, it's pretty depressing. And when other people are getting fooled, it's not that. Like, when we got maybe nearly scrummed by this Halo Infinite being delayed thing. It was kind of funny, whereas other for people, about ten seconds, for about there. ten seconds, <laughs> as like literally in real time. I wish, I wish we'd found it. I wish we'd done our breaking news thing and we'd found it while we were doing the podcast because it had literally gone. Well, were you recording? Because I was recording at that stage. Uh, I think I was recording. I might have been recording. We might, we might have. It. Maybe I've got it in there. We literally went through like, ah, oh, no, it's fake. Uh no, I think it's real. Uh, no, I think it's April Fool's. Uh, yeah. no, that was in the span of about 10 seconds. Yeah, this is like I, fucking Because you said fast. it. You said Halo Infinite's been delayed. And I'm like, what? No. And then I, I no, saw no. like hey. three posts on my What screen. I said was, <laughs> Halo Infinite's been delayed. Because uh, <laughs> I am a cunt. Um, yeah, anyway. Yeah. And then, yeah, you're so like, then oh, I, I can't see anything I clicked this. on Twitter and then I saw like three posts and they were all from like Australian websites mm. and I clicked the first one and the link to it was like an hour ago and I was like I haven't heard about this like I've been I've been sitting around like why is this not a thing and then I clicked on the post and was like oh this is a fake account it's literally got like 50 followers on it mm. <laughs> why did all these people just fall for it yeah like I get it they fell for a joke but at the same time checking sources and things is not like it, it took like Literally fucking five seconds for me to check that. I don't know, man. Yeah, because that's it, right? It's a convincing looking fucking uh, headline, a convincing looking yeah. uh, account. Like they've done some work to make it look vaguely convincing. The 
the text that they used is on a legitimate looking backdrop and and all that kind mm. of stuff. They did, you know, they did enough work to pass at first glance, and that is enough for everyone except for journalists who should not have fallen for it. But but like yeah, because they want to be first. Exactly, <laughs> that is the problem. The race yeah. has created a situation where yeah. Anyway, uh, it's going to be a short, good podcast. Ha! April Fools. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be longer. Hey, I want to talk about something. Yep. Um, speaking, not uh, nothing to do with April Fools, but uh, Ryan Johnson sold his Knives Out um, franchise, IP, series, I don't know what you want to call it, oh. to Netflix oh. for $450 million. What? Yeah, you haven't seen this yet, I assume. No? <laughs> it's only what? about an hour ago. Um, and uh, they're filming in like three months, the, the sequel. Right. Um, which will be following, uh, I can't remember the character's name, Benoit? Benoit oh, yeah. Yeah. something? Um, Daniel Craig, Craig. Daniel Craig's character. Um, obviously the detective from the first one. But- um, and and they basically get the rights to uh, three and two and three, so the two sequels that are following it. Sure. Um, who would you? Because they're going to start casting soon. Who would yep. be your your number one pick of a, an ensemble cast if you're sort of looking at what they did with the original um, Knives Out? Like, who would you be gunning for to be in this film? You don't have Ooh. to list them all. Maybe just like one or two people, like. Um, Kenneth Branagh. Okay, right, because he's playing Hercule Poirot. Uh, I think Death of the Nile is supposed to be out pretty soon, so that'd be. Yeah. Do you do you like what was that? There was that movie, right? There was that movie. You cannot watch it these days because it is. It's got Ricky, Mickey Rooney doing fucking uh, mm. yellow face. It is heinous uh not breakfast at tiffany's he actually backed it up and did it again inexplicably um but yeah there's that one um and it's got like and basically they invite all of the greatest detectives it's like a parody uh parody whodunit where they invite all the greatest detectives do something like that and have hercule Perot. uh who else is who else is oh you could get benedict cumberbatch in as sherlock uh like but all like as those characters, but sort of different, like, you know, right. Shemlock or something, and, like, just legally distinct from those characters and have them all in the same room and then have Benoit doing his thing. I I, I remember back when they were, like, when Nice Out came out, Daniel Craig said he wanted to do a different accent for every movie, <laughs> which I would very much like to see. Uh because I thought he. I mean, did. he could be he could be pretending to be somebody else, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah, do do that. Do like all great detectives. I think that'd be fucking. What phenomenal. What about Robert Downey Jr. as Sherlock? as as another Sherlock? Oh my god! Just have loads of Sherlock's. Just have a shitload of Sherlock's in there. Like, who else has been Sherlock? Um, what's his face from um, Hackers? Uh, oh, Johnny Lee Miller. Yeah, yeah. Have yeah. him in there. Um, yeah, Henry Cavill, 
Wasn't he Sherlock Holmes? Fuck yes, that's four Sherlocks. We've got four Sherlocks for this shit. I was actually going to suggest <laughs> Henry Cavill in the film. Oh, yeah. So this is a good, good, like, little segue. Because I was thinking, um, like, Henry Cavill, um, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, I think would be a good one. Oh, yeah. Or, like, a, um, uh, like, Tom Hanks or, like, someone sort of unexpected. I don't know. Like, just go nuts. If they're going to spend 450 on this thing, do it. Right. Just go stupid. Yeah, fuck yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'd very much like to see a Knives Out too. I'm glad it's coming to Netflix. Um, yeah. I really like the first one. That was fantastic. Uh, I've watched it a couple of times since as well. I just like whodunits in general. I've watched mm. loads of them over and over again. There's some really fucking good ones out there. Um, Sleuth. I don't know if you've seen that one. Um with uh, Laurence Olivier and Michael Caine. I think it's called Sleuth. Uh, oh. They did another one that was very like it. Those two were both in another movie that was very similar. I think... Oh, Jude Lord was in that. In what? Sleuth? Playing no, that's, Watson. That's the fucking... Um, that's Sherlock, right? No, no. Jude Law is in Sleuth. Oh, that's the remake of Sleuth. No, there was... Oh, uh, wait. Much older. Did you say Michael Caine? Was yeah, Michael Caine. Was in the remake and the original? Was he in the remake as well? Yeah, I think he was. Well, he's yeah. in the two, 2007 film. Yeah, I think he was. I think he played the older character. He played uh, the Laurence Olivier character um, in the remake, I think. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. It says here he, he played the character in the 1972 film. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, Clue, you seen the Clue movie? Have you seen the Clue movie? Yeah, watched it. Um, I don't know if it was last year or the year before. I feel like I was in Sydney when we watched it. Um, but we watched it on. Actually, it might have been might have been here on Amazon because it had a bunch of different ending endings. Yeah, it had all the endings. That's the only. Yeah, that's the main thing. It's got to have all the endings, but. That's that that actually fucking really holds up because it's got like some of the best fucking actors ever. I mean, obviously mm. uh, that's not shit talking Michael Caine and Lawrence Olivia. Those the sleuth film and the other one, whatever the fuck it's called. Um, those I think I honestly think those hold up, except for the uh, Lawrence Olivier's character collects automata, uh, which are mm-hmm. like fucking ancient robots basically and it's super fucking weird and it gives everything this really creepy vibe that i think at the time was supposed to not be ultra creepy but in you know today's world these things are just fucking weird um but yeah like clue's got fucking tim curry uh that's all i remember excellent great great list uh um to be honest Hey, Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, Christopher Lloyd. Uh, the way this podcast goes, right? The fact that I've named Michael Caine, Lawrence Olivier, and Tim Curry all in films that are actually in is me batting before nine thirty in the morning. <laughs> We're just on this podcast at all. Normally, we sit here and we spend twenty minutes trying to remember one person in one film that we watched <clears> yesterday. <throat> We'd be like, "Oh yeah, uh, the guy from Godzilla vs King Kong." Um, uh, he's a lizard. He breathes fire. Godzilla. That's it. Yeah, Godzilla. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, anyway. Uh, yeah, excellent. Knives Out. Fantastic. Yeah, watch some fucking. 
people at home watch watch whodunit movies they're fucking amazing hmm. um cool what else we got all right let's talk about some games unless let's, there's anything else you want to talk about no nah, let's go no nah. fire it up um let's kick things off with dead by daylight let's go with that all right um a game we talk about a lot on here, um, asymmetrical multiplayer horror game. It's four survivors versus a killer. Survivors are completing generators on the map in order to escape, while the killer is trying to stop them from doing that. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a very good game. Both you and I have talked about it at length. This week, they released a brand new major update, adding um, a new killer and a new survivor to the game. And it's broken everything. <laughs> It hasn't actually. This is oh, what <laughs> for once everything has uh, seemed to have uh, it's working. Um, it looks like they got this one out pretty early in the test build, right. um, and they were sort of uh, making a bunch of change. Like, there's a bunch of changes in this build um, that were introduced after the test build. Um, in saying that, so the new the new character is called the Trickster, the new the new killer. Yeah. Um, he has a uh, his power is basically able to throw. Uh, he throws these knives out, knives out. Oh, <laughs> again, he's got he's got knives on him, like sixty knives or blades, and he uses them to throw at survivors. And um, once a survivor has uh, taken a certain amount of damage from these knives, they've got like a little uh, a meter that fills up, and it's usually about six or seven knives. Uh, that they'll be able to take. Um, that'll then send them into the injured state. And then um, and then once again, the killer has to try and get them uh, back into a dying state by either throwing six more knives or throwing uh, a, a, a mouse one attack, like a normal attack. Oh, okay. Um, and so he's got, um, by default, he's got about 60 of these knives and he refills them by going into a locker and picking them up, picking them up much like the Huntress. Um and so he's, um, I think he's supposed to be sort of played at a uh, a bit of a distance. Like they're not super accurate. They're definitely in a an area, but there's sometimes they can be a little bit tricky to hit people with. Um, it takes a bit of time for you to, to switch between your main weapon and your um, your knives. It's it's like a bit of an animation to kick it in, and. Um, yeah, that's basically his power. Um, once he, sorry, once he actually um, gets a lot of knives into people, he's got this uh, power-up ability where he can trigger it and he will throw out a flurry of knives really quickly for yeah, about uh, 10 seconds or so. And that uses none of the knives in uh, his ammo or his inventory. Right. Um, and that's sort of like his special ability that he's got. Um, it's called uh, Showstopper. And... His three perks that he has, um, one of them is pretty good. Oh, wait, they're all pretty interesting perks, actually. One of them is called Starstruck, and it means that whenever you pick up uh, a dying survivor from the ground, anybody that is in his terror radius gets exposed, um, which uh, which lasts for about 30 seconds, depending on which tier perk you've got. But it lasts for about 30 seconds, Um and that means that anybody that comes in contact with the killer and is attacked by them will go down in one hit. And uh, and so that's the sort of, I guess, 
stop people from like you want them to leave as soon as this perk sort of activates you basically need to leave the area you need to run away try and hide and get out of there um it also has like a repeating effect i've not played around with it too much but like if you're sort of staying in the terror radius i think it it sort of um like resets or if you're like going in and out all the time like it, it just resets itself so there's little like uh weird quirky things that this uh, perk sort of how it behaves and that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, so Starstruck is pretty interesting. Um, it's kind of cool. There's a another one which is called Crowd Control, and that is a hex. It's basically like Bamboozle from the Clown, which means that uh, when you vault a window, it w- sorry when a um, survivor vaults a window, uh, it blocks off that window for about 14, 15 seconds, and um, they can't use that window again. And bamboozle normally works on the clown by you step through the window as a killer it'll block off that window um and then the killer can't go through it and it's usually i think that one is not as long i think that one is 10 seconds off the top of my head um but that is an actual uh ability this is a this crowd control is a hex so it's something in the environment that survivors can go and uh eliminate from the game um so it is a little bit like yes it is powerful but at the same time you can get rid of it um and that's something you gotta gotta worry about uh the third perk is called no way out um basically every time you hook a survivor um it gives you a token and then blocks the exit gates from opening once all the generators have been completed for um it's about eight seconds per token so you can get up to i think it's like 40 seconds because it's also got an initial um blocking on it so if you don't hook anybody it's like 10 seconds um so it can be quite a while before those exit gates can be interacted with um i've seen some interesting pairings with this by pairing it with like freddy's um ability which makes uh makes people open the gate even slower so it's you can like pair it with that and it just takes like fucking a minute and a half two minutes to get a door open um so anyway they're the three they're the three uh perks for the trickster um which are i think they're they're pretty interesting um they don't work very well on him purely because he's he's trash he's not a good killer Uh, i said this yeah uh, when i was watching uh, streams a couple of weeks back or, or a month and a half back when they were testing him yeah. saying that like he's not he just doesn't seem very good um his ability is not great like he can't he, his issue is that he needs to have line of sight of people yeah. and throw knives into the back of them and if you're a survivor that kind of knows what they're doing then all you need to do is get in front of an object um yeah. or like loop something because he's slow He's a slow killer. He's got no maneuverability. He's one of the um, the slowest in the game. Uh, he's got this, well, like the slowest movement speed in the game. Right. And so you can just loop the guy, and you can't do anything about it. Like it's such a a struggle. Um. So and he's he's got no map control because his whole like he's not like another killer that is able to get from one place to another really quickly, yeah. and he's able to keep control of these generators. Um. And so his ability is very much at this stage being up close in front of people. You've got to be right behind them because he's so slow. 
uh, it takes a while to catch up to them. And so they've got this issue at the moment where um, he's just not very good. He, he like it's it's not worth playing him over some of the other killers in the game that have similar not similar abilities but like a huntress who's able to throw things like if you want a, a killer who can throw shit hmm. there's no reason why you would pick this character at all because yep. uh it's not worth it it's worth it to unlock him get his perks and then you can use them on another character yeah but using them on him is just not really interesting at all um i think there's some interesting ideas out there that you could kind of do to fix this uh like um at the moment, when you throw a knife into somebody, they've got this meter that fills up. And once they've got that bar filled, that's when they go into the next state. So whether they're uh, healthy going to injured or injured going to dying, um, that meter also slowly decreases as you stop throwing knives at them. And uh, maybe it needs to be more like a persistent thing where it doesn't decrease unless you're not being chased and also um maybe you've got to like remove them or heal yourself so some of the other survivors sorry some of the other killers in the game have an ability where like legion if he stabs you um his whole thing is basically attacking people really quickly and then leaving and going for another another person um because there's like a bleed out timer and they need to heal themselves and that takes a lot of time uh so his kind of his thing is to make people scurry away and uh, try and attack them really quickly and then let them run away and do as much damage as possible. Mm. And so something like that could be interesting, whereas um, you're forcing a survivor to heal over time. Like they need to heal themselves once they've got um, these knives in them. Like they actually need to physically remove them or something like that, I think would slow survivors down a little bit. Um, another thing I was thinking like, of do it like was- a, like- not even a full heal or a heal movement, but like a a small bar where each time they do it, they they get a, a, a skill a knife check out. and they remove one of the knives. Yeah, yeah. But, but it, otherwise, it stays for forever. Like it remains, and that would give a killer like because doesn't it, it feels like the only option for this guy would be to tunnel, right? Like. Because otherwise, you are wasting your fucking time. Yeah. Like, it, it just doesn't make sense. It, and, and also, like, yeah, he's got to hit. It's a, a high level of mechanical skill mm. uh, to hit his his actual long-range attacks. But the, the payoff doesn't last unless you tunnel. Yeah. So, yeah, there's, there's nothing about him that makes sense. Hmm. Yeah, it seems like um, he's garnered a lot of interest uh, in the fan community, like lots of art about him and that sort of thing. Like he's absolutely, I saw his um, announcement on like websites everywhere. Like it was ridiculous. Yeah. So they've obviously done something right in terms of his look yeah. and uh, like they've nailed that completely, but it just feels like they didn't spend too much time working on his abilities and the way he behaves. Um, like it's also they, like they, completely divorced. His look and his name and all of that feels completely divorced from like what, what he does. Yeah. Trickster doesn't make any sense to me. No. How is he a uh, trickster? <laughs> especially if you Whoa! read his bio, like <laughs> April Fools, you got a fucking knife in fire? your back, you fucking dipshit. 
Yeah. You fell um, for the classic prank, you fucking moron, by getting thrown knives at you, you fucking idiot. You stupid piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing I was kind of thinking, I don't want to sit here and play game designer, but um, mm. something like either make him quicker, like he, he either needs to be buffed in movement speed or um, one thing I thought is like every time he gets a knife, every time he gets a knife into somebody, maybe it slows them down. Like each notch will slow them down um, like 1% or, oh, yeah. uh, or half a percent. I like, I have another calculations, but like, like if you get six knives in you, then that slows you down for, or five knives in you, that slows you down for five percent. Um, Three. Maybe it needs to be two percent per per knife. Too much. Yeah, but he just needs something in there in order to make him more viable. Because at the moment he's like they tried to buff him mm. in this update because um, he was weak in the patch, the test build, and he's still extremely weak now. So right. um, I think they'll get there. They, they've done it in the past with other killers. Like Freddy was pretty crap at one stage, and now he's one of the uh, the, the high-tier the high tier killers. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm sure they'll get there. It's just they've got to play around with it in interesting ways and trying to figure out how you go about doing that. Um, and there could be some interesting ideas that you could sort of play with to to make him a bit better um so yeah that is the trickster um the other character i have not played because i don't really play survivor too much uh yunjin lee is the survivor uh introduced into this game um she has three perks one is called fast track and that means that um whenever another survivor is hooked you get a token um each, uh, you, you, each token gives you, uh, it looks like every time you get a skill check on a generator, it gives you more um, progression from what I'm gathering here, uh, which could be interesting to sort of play around with. I don't think it's very good just reading it right now because I didn't actually know what she did. Um, oh, you consume all of your tokens during a... Uh, skill check so depending on how many tokens you've got um it's stackable up to one percent all right so i still don't think that's very good anyway it's called fast track um the other one which uh i think will get a lot of use is called smash hit every time she stuns a killer with a pallet she breaks in a sprint burst for 150 four seconds and gets exhausted so it's another um exhausted perk much like life where you can jump through a uh, window and vault it, get really quickly, mm. um, or, or some of the other sort of um, like dropping from a high position on the map and, and and landing and then getting a sprint burst, you can do that, uh, which I think that might get some use, absolutely. Uh, self-preservation is the third perk. Um, this allows you, uh, your scratch marks hidden for six, for 10 seconds. Um, when you take a when another survivor is hit by an attack. So if they're trying to um, take a protection hit, I guess that means that your um, your scratch mark's hidden for 10 seconds. You don't make any pain and you oh, don't leave okay. any pools of blood. Um, so yeah, that's actually pretty good, that one, I think. That's a good um, a good perk to run with some of the, uh, some of the ones where you want to go in for rescues and, and that sort of stuff. Um, so that sounds pretty cool. Anyway, I haven't tried her yet, but um, 
yeah, that's Dead by Daylight. I think, um, you know, it's it's definitely a much better, like nothing seems to be majorly broken on this patch, um, which is good. I just think the uh, the killer is very extremely weak. Like yeah. I played a game, when did it come out? Yesterday or the day before? Um, I played a game where uh, it's like my sixth or seventh game and three people got out. Um, I played like usually three three people get up i'm having a fucking terrible game yeah um and i was just like all right fair enough and the guy the guys at the end were like gg that was like you're the best uh trickster we've come across today even though he's completely shit <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah i know he's shit thanks yeah, <laughs> yeah it's so he's, he's just not very good at the moment but i'm sure they'll get there and they'll figure that out um so yeah that is uh Dead by Daylight, new update coming cool. out now. Um, what yeah, else we got nice. here? Home sweet home survive. <clears throat> while we're on the uh, while we're on the four v one asymmetrical horror game vibe, yeah. <clears throat> home sweet home survive uh, released into early access this week, and I decided to give it a look. Uh, I yep. do not like it. Um, it is a it is a 4v1 horror game um, in the same vein as Friday the 13th or Dead by Daylight. Uh, I mentioned Friday the 13th because uh, I believe that game was shit as well. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a... It's a I, I guess, like, I was dragged in by the interesting premise. Um, it's, it's, like, based around Thai horror. Uh, yeah, like yeah. The horror of Thailand, and uh, I'm like, okay, that's pretty interesting. I like, I like that as a general theme. Like, I'd, I'd like to see more of that sort of thing. So uh, I'll give it a squiz. Um, and so yeah, jumped in. Uh, it's, I mean, it's early access, so they might still be able to pull it all together, but mm-hmm. uh in its current form, it just runs like fucking garbage. Like straight off the, there's no part of this experience that I felt was ready for public consumption. The tutorial, like when you get in, it's like, you should play the tutorial for the killer. Um, and so you do. And like straight off the bat, you're playing uh, as a character that isn't available in the game. So you're this big hulking menace. And you've got an ability that uh, the one, uh, what are they called? Like spirit, whatever. There's uh, like Spectre. The one Spectre that is available doesn't have the same ability. So you don't learn shit about what you you do as the Spectre uh, that you are able to play as. Um, but better still, um, while you're there, it tells you to press shift to enter invisible mode and invisible mode is sort of this hunting mode that you can use to sort of like get in close uh to survivors and and do do like you know killer things specter things um and you press shift and it's on a long cooldown it's like a fucking 90 second cooldown when it told me to do it i must have been i guess well ahead of the pace of the tutorial because I still had 45 seconds to wait for this cooldown. It didn't reset the cooldown on the fucking 
ability. I just had to wait 45 seconds in the middle of this fucking tutorial for it to finish. And I'm like, okay, cool. That's not great, but fine. Um, it's in third person the entire time. Like both roles are in third person. I think the perspective shift is one of the most interesting things that Dead by Daylight does. And it, and it's a genius way to restrict information to the killer and, and give the survivors a bit of a chance to get away with shit. Uh, that is not at all the case here. You have the exact same amount of information as survivors, uh, it would appear, having played both roles. Um, the only time you've got more is uh, when a survivor is doing like actual uh, interactions with the game world. Like as a survivor, you've got a, instead of doing generators, you've got a, um, it actually never explained what you're supposed to do these shrine things, but uh, it, it appears that what you do is you burn some incense at the shrine and then you need a nail and then you stab the sh the shrine with a nail and that gets rid of the the thing and both of these take a fair chunk of time um and to get the resources you require you run around to these boxes in the game world and open them up and when you are doing when you're looking in the box or interacting with the shrine you are locked in and unable to look around. And so you, you can only really, you know, rely on either your teammates or the sound. And that is mm -hmm. general. And, and you do get, there's like a, I think it's a musical sting. It's not like a heartbeat. It's, it's more like theme music that the specter is nearby uh, to indicate that, you know, you're in trouble. Um, I believe what happens, and again, it never explained any of this. It only explained, it only has a tutorial for the Spectre. Uh, it doesn't have a tutorial for the Survivor. And the Survivor gets like three tool tips on a fucking loading screen uh, that don't really tell you nearly enough. But I believe once you get three shrines down, you're then able to kill the Spectre or banish mm -hmm. the Spectre. Uh, and you're also able to open the, the exit portal. And you can either open the exit portal or kill the Spectre. Either way is fine. Either way is a val valid uh, path to victory, uh, but it doesn't fucking matter because the Spectre is way too fucking powerful, uh, in my opinion. It feels like uh, there's a direct imbalance in the direction of the survivors uh, because... Uh, they are able to stunlock the fuck out of the survivor, uh, out of the spectre. They're able to stunlock the shit out of you. One of the dudes actually has an ability where if he doesn't pick up any items for a certain amount of time, he just gets a fucking sword that immediately does damage and stun. Uh, it's, mm -hmm. That's one of those random things you have to find in fucking boxes. You have to like pray you'll find a fucking sword. No, this dude just gets one and you just fucking run up and wallop. I believe he can't do damage until the third fucking shrine is down, but he can stun at any fucking time. Right. Survivors attack. They've got, as far as I can tell, either zero cooldown or no, uh, or very little cooldown on their attack. Um, I didn't get a chance to actually attack as a survivor because I was the one doing the fucking shrines and shit when I was playing survivor. Uh, I was attempting to complete the only objectives while my fucking dipshit teammates were running around with fucking 
stuff trying to kill a survivor, uh, a killer that they they'd never be able to fucking damage because we hadn't done any fucking shrines. Anyway, uh, didn't go well. Um, when I played as a killer, the teams that I was up against were highly coordinated, which made things more difficult. But I still managed to fucking wallop them um, mm. because. Despite the fact that, yeah, if they coordinate correctly, they can do a fuck ton of damage uh, using stun lock techniques, right? They can just have one dude stun the shit out of you. Uh, they, they, they've got like a stamina thing. That's when they have to stop stunning you. But they can do a fuck ton of damage in that period, provided they they coordinate their attacks. One dude runs up and does the stun uh, with his stun thing that doesn't do a lot of damage, but does stun. And the other one does fucking attacks with a weapon that does a lot of damage. And you're stunned standing there doing nothing. Uh, and you just got to wait. And so you learn, you've got an ability that allows you to take no damage at all. Uh, and so you got to wait for, for that shit as the specter. You basically need to learn how to like you're not you're not this menace. You're you're it's it's almost like you're like these fucking kids have run into your fucking house and they're trying to like kick you out. Like you're almost actually the one being hunted the entire time. Like you are running around slashing them. The the spectre that you get to play as, I think they've released a new one since I played, but uh, the Spectre you get to pl play as runs around with a fucking box cutter and slashes. And if she slashes and she misses, the stun cooldown is it's like fucking a little bit longer than on Dead by Daylight type shit. Like fucking huge cooldown on that shit. Uh, she hits, she can do it again. Uh, but the problem is the arc, the like the damage arc on this shit is quite narrow uh and you're playing at like 160 ping i think it's dedicated servers and um yeah you're playing at 160 ping and so you'll attack and even though it looked like you hit uh you didn't and they'll just run around or they'll turn back and stun lock you for a bit uh and you just fucking have to wear it but then once you do hit and you can get another hit on you just fucking you do them in seconds. The problem, the, there's, there's another problem in that, like, you can't tell how much damage you've done. Uh, it's not, it, it appears to have damage that is done in increments as small as fucking 1%, which is ridiculous, right? It should be, at max, three. Three states of healthiness. Like, or four, four states. Uh, fine undamaged uh or yeah undamaged uh a little bit damaged very damaged and then fucking dead right like that's the most that i want to see out of these games i do not want to see mm. oh i've got 37 percent health left better drink this thing like how did i get to 37 why didn't i go to 36 how like Especially when you can go to 30, when I've seen it go down to 34 or some shit, right? And you're like, what was the, what, why did I go, why did I not get 3% damage? How the fuck are you supposed to manage that shit as a killer, right? When you're like looking at who you're fucking targeting, you like, okay, well, that dude's taken no damage. This person's healed up. I'm going to fucking make sure that I get them down again, that kind of thing. Or, you know, like trying to assess your targets. When you're like, well, they might be undamaged or they might be just on the cusp 
or undamaged. Now, I've got no idea how to tell. I did that, like, I hurt that dude, and either he's healed up, or I never hurt him enough to take him down into a damaged state. Like, it's mm. ludicrous. Um, when you kill them, you have the opportunity to execute them, which gives you back all your health, which I find to be extremely odd. Uh, because it's, uh, like, it's basically a, a quick time event where, like, you basically just have to hit E in the three or four frames after you've killed them, which is a problem until you know you've only got three or four frames because you know you're going to fucking kill someone, right? Mm. So what's, why, why even bother? Why bother having that, like, just allow me to fucking execute them whenever the fuck I want. Like, there's no difference. Uh, oh, well, oh, yeah, I, I missed the E that time, so I didn't get the health back. It's not a skill check. It's literally just a was I momentarily distracted type thing. And, like, there's nothing in the game that's going to distract you from getting your health back if you know you need to do it. So... Like, it, it doesn't really add anything to the game, so I don't know why that's a four-frame skill check. It doesn't fucking make any sense to me. Um, And yeah, you just wind up in this situation where you're just able to fucking wallop all of the... Like, like I said, I played against uh two teams as a killer. I played against two teams who appear to be very highly coordinated, and, like, they were legit... I played killer, played survivor, went back and played killer again, and uh, I could see what they were doing. I could tell what they were doing then, and like they were fucking, they were esportsing it up. Like these guys, <laughs> they had some fucking yeah. plans. They would run in. One dude literally would stun me, and the other one would wallop me, um, or they would run in and stun me while the other ones were doing shrines and like lure. And you can loop for a while. The only like the only downside is yeah, you got this stamina thing, uh, and so they had like they would leave energy drinks for the person doing the stunning because you, I would I would chase after him to do some fucking damage, uh, and then one of them would like trade off the way the way that they do in fucking DVD, right? You trade off, and I would trade off because I don't want to fucking tunnel a cunt, right? But then I would see the person who had hit me chugging a fucking mm. chugging a drink. I'm like, okay, fair enough. I get it now, right? And that's what they're doing. They are literally trading off, stamming it up, stun locking me until I can't do anything anymore, and then uh and doing the shrines while they were doing that shit. And then once they'd done three shrines, they all fucking got weapons and came after me. And the only reason I lived is because I like both both times I was killer. Um, the map layout is such that, I don't know, uh, the map I was playing on as killer both times was this swamp one. There just doesn't seem to be enough shrine opportunities. And on the second one, once I realized they were fucking optic phasing me, I realized all I needed to do was make sure that I had like shrines close enough together that I would be able to block them because they can't open the exit mm. until they get all the shrines. So the only choice is to fucking kill me. And so I damage them and bug the fuck out uh, and make sure they couldn't do any shrines. And the reason I wound up, well, first of all, uh, I never won. 
and never su- successfully killed everyone. Uh, hmm. So I, I don't know if that's a win or a loss. Uh, all it says is time up on the on the screen in giant letters. Uh, I did have like double the points of all of them at all times, but I don't think that's a very fair metric because it's like one v four. So yeah, I don't I don't know if that metric works, but like yeah, time up. But I I got three kills and three kills, uh, and all I needed was the last person to die. Um. I just had to basically catch them. And all they'd do is stun and then run. Stun and run. Stun and run. And yeah. You can loop a lot. Once you got like once you're out of stamina, you're pretty fucked, but uh I just ran out of time. Like all I had to do was push them away uh from those last two shrines and then kill them when they went for them. Like because they are locked in. Like I was saying, the vision is locked in so either they had to stand there on guard in which case i would just run up and disrupt them anyway like they they stun for a bit while the other one did the shrine and then i just fucking i didn't give a fuck and i would just slash the person doing it like i'd pop my invincibility thing and then slash the person doing the fucking shrine um and then i'd run away like that's all i needed to do that's literally it and Mm. it worked over and over and over again uh, because the game is, yeah, woefully balanced. Doesn't make a lot of sense. Looks pretty ugly. Hmm. Doesn't play well. Wouldn't recommend it. Anyway, it's right. Mo- it's mostly positive on Steam, which is surprising to me because, yeah. I um yeah I saw videos of this on I think it was Twitch or something. I was watching one game. Uh, it came across to me like a uh, like a mobile game or something like that. Yeah. To be fair, yeah. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. There's I think there's other more interesting ideas that have sort of been done before, and they still haven't really uh, like I think those games are, are done at this stage. Like um, last year, um, that was a game. I'm not sure if you ever played that one, but that was a game that was released on the Discord game store. Uh, where you played a bunch of like high school kids and you needed to escape um, sort of like a, it was like a left for dead sort of scenario. There was like different types of objectives you needed to accomplish while a uh, killers were on the loose. Cause I think you could sort of switch between uh, I think it was three of them, but um, like last year at least had that appeal of like, it looked cool. Like it had a cool, cool art style to it. Um, had some interesting ideas with like being able to set traps and and like the environment was um a bit more dynamic. It would sort of shift every time, or it would like change every time you got into the the map. Like certain holes be blocked off that you could uh, that you couldn't get through and things like that. So, um, and that game is not done well at all. So I think at this stage it's kind of like a uh. There's only a couple of handful of games that really are commanding that market. I think Dead by Daylight is the top one yep. at this point. Um, there's other stuff out there. There's like um, Deceit. Deceit, is that the game? Yeah, that we've yeah. talked about on here before. And that's But that's a free-to-play game. Uh, you know, that'd be a game I'd love to jump back into at some stage because I know they, they update that a lot. I always see it pop up on my, um, my list being like, hey, major update has gone through um yep. but again that's that's a that's a different yeah it's more sort of us. yeah that's like a a, a a take on 
the horror genre with Among Us, like trying to trick people into believing that you're a good person, um, but in a in a much more horror environment. So, anyway, yeah, I, st- I mean, I think we we've seen a bunch of these games try and come out in the past. There was there was another game we played uh, recently as well that I can't even remember, but I think Nate got us into. Um, where you were like kids with a, a phone and you would like, it was like invisible people, like invisible monsters yeah. and invisible ghosts or something. That was pretty weird. Um, and that one, yeah, that one was a bit, but I think that was a campaign or something, a single player yeah. game as well. Yeah. So anyway, I yeah, there's, I think it's an untapped genre. I think there's some cool stuff. I, I'd be interested to see, like for me, I'm always wondering like what is the next phase of a game like dead by day like like if you went and made a sequel to that and i think they're in this weird situation where it has turned into a you know a games as a service type game where they've got all these different killers in there um that they've introduced to the game and survivors um and that seems to be working for them they're like one of the most popular games on steam Mm. um but they're also sort of hamstrung by having to put out content every three months. Um, and also like, how do you go about adding more gameplay elements to it? Cause they, like they, they did that sort of stuff with adding in hexes and that sort of makes, um, you know, something else to do in the world, but like they haven't really done much else in terms of that since, uh, since the first, first year of release, it's, it's been pretty much just slapping out, new updates uh, content for killers and survivors and going after licensed ips and uh that sort of stuff so i don't know man like how do you evolve that that genre without making major gameplay changes is kind of a tricky situation that a lot of these games get into even like rainbow six or something like that right where it's it's kind of it's kind of been the same game since it launched yeah um anyway well you can't yeah you can't you can't divorce yourself from what you are mm. or else unless you you're drive, drive away the people but even <laughs> then right like it's still the core fortnite experience right sure but i think i mean like in fortnite they've added just all this insane stuff that is around it that it's like ever changing the game like respawn beacons and crafting items and weird like gameplay elements whereas I th- like a game like dead by daylight really hasn't changed its core gameplay loop it's pretty similar to where it was when it first sort of started um and like how long can that sort of persist before people get tired of it i don't know anyway i'm rambling at this stage um home sweet home sounds uh yeah i, I did see it going around but from what I saw watching it, it just did not appeal to me at this point. It just doesn't seem like it's quite there yet. So I guess you keep an eye on it. Um, did you buy this? It was like six bucks or something, right? It's pretty cheap. It was like, yeah, 10 bucks, but I did oh, okay. it, Yes. Yep. All right. Um, let's keep moving on then. Um, talk about Hell at Loose for a bit. Sure. Um, there was a free weekend on over the weekend okay uh and so a bunch of we, we had like a full fucking a full fucking crew going um mm-hmm. full squad all six of us sitting in the discord all at the same time 
um and yeah just a couple of extra people who jumped in for the free free weekend to check it out uh had a lot of fun it was uh it was fantastic we had some fucking bananas games where we just we just did the the unthinkable like just got got away with shit that you just shouldn't and i feel like we've gotten to a point now where we've got enough coordination and we understand the game enough that like i I know one of my complaints was like uh i don't know if i voice this complaint on the podcast or not but one of my complaints was just to clarify hell out loose is a world war ii uh i guess squad based tactical shooter uh on a large scale uh six player squads uh huge maps and uh generally uh sort of battlefield style or like i would actually if i were to compare it right uh i would say it's more like large-scale enemy territory than necessarily a battlefield game uh because it follows that same enemy territory remember enemy territory had that fucking like point to points you couldn't like fall back cap uh type thing going on uh wolf sign enemy territory i'm talking about uh yeah it's more like that than it is battlefield because you can't like it's not conquest and that you can just go fucking anywhere you want. You do have to go, like, if there's A through E to cap C, you have to have uh, B and D, and you can't go and cap A or E, right? If, if if you just cap C, you can't just go cap A, that sort of thing, right? Um, and if you want to cap D and you, the other team has C, then you have to cap C first. But we we got to a point as a, as a squad, right? It used to be that as squad lead, um, I was having a lot of problem with the amount of uh, superfluous comms going on in the squad lead chat because it is annoying, and I do think they use this like they use this voice protocol that I'm just not a fan of, uh, and apparently it fucks mm. up with my mic quite a bit. Um, I've heard it fuck up with other people's mics quite a bit and they're just incomprehensible. Uh, when we were playing the other day, uh, Nate was squad lead and he was literally just saying deaf. He was saying deaf whenever he thought we were talking and he couldn't hear because the other squad leads wouldn't shut the fuck up. Uh, he'd just say deaf. And uh, it just meant that he wasn't able to, like he wasn't getting any information. What I found is that you can actually mute other squads, squad leads. Mm-hmm. And so if they won't shut the fuck up about how their fucking weekend's going or, you know, what they think the fucking Crows are going to do this season or some shit and whatever fucking bullshit I don't give a fuck about, right? Mm. You just press tab and there's a squiggly line. If you press that, you can't hear them anymore. It's phenomenal. It's the greatest. I love it to bits. And, uh, yeah, it's revolutionary for how the game plays. Um, the other thing is... Uh, yeah, I I think when we were a bit newer to the game, I felt like we had to do whatever the commander said. And I felt a lot of, um, I don't know, pressure to make sure that we mm. were doing whatever the command said. Uh, because I wanted, like, it's, a, it's an objective-based game where it's like, and, and I'm just naturally predisposed to play the objective 
and the commander tends to have an idea of what the objective at that point would be. Hmm. But uh, over the weekend, when we were playing, um, we were on, I think, Foy, um, and we were copping a bit of shit for being out of position um, because we were about, I don't know, four grid marks off the main objective, uh, not defending, not currently attacking, and copping, yeah, copping shit, like... The other squad leads are like, uh, dog squad, uh, what are you doing in J6? Why would you even be there? Uh, and commander's like, actually, yeah, that's a real good question. Why are you there, dog squad? And <laughs> like I explained one time, I'm like, um, yeah, we're clearing out, we're clearing out, um, Gary's, obviously, um, and we're engaged in a firefight, so we're dealing with enemy soldiers. Like, there's this, there's this, yeah. What I realized, I think, is that on some level, right, the the people, the other people playing, even if they've got like, you know, a hundred fucking in-game levels on us, uh, mm. and clearly that means probably, I don't know, at least 50 more fucking in-game hours, at least, uh, possibly more. Um, it doesn't mean that they've got any fucking idea of how to fucking play, right? They don't, because a lot of people don't fucking, they don't play games the way we do, right? They don't see mm. games the way we do. Like when we're- They're throwing bodies in an objective. Yeah, they're in the meat grinder. They're, they're playing fucking uh, Metro in Battlefield or some shit or Operation Locker or some shit. And they're just running down that same hallway over and over again. Uh, on to, into the hamburger, and that's that's it. That's the game. And if you're not there throwing fucking bodies into the hallway as well, mm. then you're not helping. But they don't understand that. Like, if if you like, well, I guess they understand that what they think is happening is the other team is thinking exactly like them. But what is actually happening is the other team has squads on it that are thinking like we are deliberately getting as far away from the fucking objective as possible and looping in and yeah. trying to, to get try to and come the- on the sides or yeah. find objective like not objectives but trying to actually resource flank. nodes or do yeah. something yeah and and dismantle and disrupt uh the the flow of the other team mm. and so either we are actively doing that ourselves or we are countering the ability for the enemy team to do that and that is literally what wins our team like our team will win games or we will we will last a long longer than we should like we were playing what was that map with the train yard in it um that we we're playing the other day um before i rage quit from arty i still don't think no not the, the swamp one is Swamp Swamp One's the No, that's not the train level. That was uh, like road remember. to Carantan or whatever. Um think train one is Carantan, right? Uh and the so I squad lead in that one. And um the chatter, the chatter in the squad chat, uh squad lead chat was just awful. Because they all they were doing was complaining about how imbalanced the teams were how our team had nobody over like level 80 or some shit and the other mm. team had nothing but a bunch of like 
level hundred claners, like half the half the other team were all in the same clan. So they had yeah. all this coordination and shit, and they're all like working as a full fucking team. Like we were working as a team as a six person, actually five person squad at that one, because um, we had one rando. Um, yeah, we were working as a, a pretty good unit as six people, but they like they were working as a full fucking side. Like literally half of them were all in the same fucking clan, and um, yeah, they're complaining nonstop. We we literally as a fucking as a squad managed to get in on the fucking point. We dismantled like I don't know six outposts and a Gary on on the point just before our teammates failed to or they we we managed to get onto C uh, and then our teammates managed to lose B despite all of them being at B the meat grinder failed. Uh, and then we went back and we were capping on B as five fucking people. We got rid of more outposts, another Gary capping as five fucking people. Um, when like the rest of our team was still attempting to throw themselves through the meat grinder. And at the end of the game, the commander was like, Oh yeah. Well, that would have been over a lot fucking quicker if we didn't have fucking Dog Squad. Um, and he's 100% right. Like, yeah. If we hadn't been there, like, we're the only reason the that that whole team of people who played it for fucking hundreds of hours didn't put the full force and might of their attention onto mm. the ACAP. Um, yeah. Like, we just have a different fucking perspective on how to play that game and it fucking works so well. And the only time it doesn't work is when we're being exploited by Artie out of fucking nowhere. And honestly, they should get rid of Artie. I went to look I looked it up to see if people are having a problem with it. And do you mm. know the reason why people want Artie to stay in the game? It's the fastest mm. way for them to level up classes they don't use much. Right. People who love Artie love it as a a way they'll be like, oh, I got 78 kills. Yeah, I got 78 kills, one death. Look, look at my Artie score. Managed to get four levels or some shit uh, in NG, which I never play. And you're like, all right, great, fantastic. Like, it was probably actually really useful for their team. But as a gameplay experience, being exploded out of nowhere fucking sucks. It is awful. Yeah, at your I, spawn. <laughs> like, as you spawn. It's just awful. And I don't understand why it's in the game. Like, I understand why it's in the game from a, you know, realism perspective. But it shouldn't... Mm. It's sh like... It's it, it needs to be more... Like, there needs to be more... Not consequence, but, like, resources... It does using it, or something? it does actually cost a significant amount of resources, uh, which should cost more. <laughs> which further like, well, the problem is right when one team has is half full of clanners, mm. uh, all doing the same shit, all doing the right shit. They're all building nodes right at the front line. They dismantle the nodes and build them further up. And the other team has a bunch of ram dickwads 
half of whom are, according to the squad lead chat, uh, apparently like a bunch of engineers just built nodes in the, like, straight away. When they spawned in at the start of the game, they just built nodes because they get XP. They get NG XP for building nodes and then they don't dismantle them. And then those nodes earn nothing, but they too mm -hmm. take up a node slot and you can't right. build a node until you dismantle those other nodes. And so when the clan team is doing like they're fucking uh, leapfrogging these nodes all the way up the fucking map, they've always got the resources they need because they're playing like a fucking well-oiled unit. And the clan full of randoms that we're on, uh, the team full of randoms that we're on have people who are just trying to eke out a little NGXP and then switching off to fucking machine gunner and sitting in one spot the entire game and fucking shooting. Like, there's absolutely, there's no fucking way you can balance for that. There's absolutely no way you can fucking balance for that. But at the very least, right, at that, and when that happens, the RD turns into like a, a resource dump and a way for them to actually use some of the resources because otherwise all they're doing is waiting for the, the bombs to be on cooldown, right? They got a, they, they had a bombing run on cooldown every single time it was available. And my squad, uh, the squad leader chat is like, when when do we get when do we get some fucking bombs? How come we keep keep getting? And the commander's like, because we've got no fucking resources. Like what? I can't spend any of this shit. Hmm. I've got nothing to spend. They had it on fucking timer every fucking time, and we had yeah, uh, fucking kicking the dick every fucking time. Like it's just like further imbalances the game to the point where yeah it. it it never, it's never going to work. It's never going to work the way they want it. I cannot imagine a fucking function for Artie where it does what they want it to do. And that's, yeah, out of control to me. Like, just get, just fucking get rid of it. Like, remove it. Make it so that it is a, like a bombing run. Do like a... Mm. PUBG yeah, style it's... red zone that the commander controls or some shit and it lasts for... 30 seconds and it is hell for 30 seconds and then it goes back to not being on or some shit hmm. yeah because otherwise holy fuck what a uh, what a nightmare it's just it's just shitty it's just and it seems shitty. like the aoe on it is quite big <laughs> like i was getting killed inside of buildings where it yep. was blowing up outside uh quite you know, not near me, but I was still getting destroyed by it. So yeah. uh, maybe they just turn that down anyway. Um, yeah. Cool. Anything else to add about it? Nah, still loving it outside of RD. I wish they'd get rid of it, but still having so much fucking fun with it. Um, yeah, I think they've done a fantastic job. Um, we'll continue to play it. I know uh, Jai picked it up off, off the back of the free weekend so we've got at least one more person for the squad uh which is mm -hmm. good um yep. and, yeah uh oh yeah and fucking what was that map what is the swamp map just fucking delete it just delete it just delete that fucking map from existence there is absolutely no way a game where you cannot swim and will drown should have rivers consistently running through it on maps it is idiotic 
Like, if you can't crawl along a field without drowning to death, who, who does that benefit? Who is that for, right? Like, yeah, there is, there are a couple of fucking, couple of things in this game that are holding it back from being fucking big time. Like, it, it would be huge if it didn't have, like, a handful of things that are just like, how the fuck is this in the game? Uh, rivers in a game where you can't swim and will drown inside of six seconds. Huge one. Uh, yeah. The idea that you need to take a, like, a tutorial, watch a fucking five-minute video on fucking YouTube uh, to learn how to get across a river and it won't always work. <laughs> stuff. Fucking smooth brain shit. Anyway. Evil Genius 2. Yeah. Um, so this is out now. It's available. It's a download. Uh, have you ever played Evil Genius, the original? Yeah, I played Evil Genius. Yeah, I was a big right. fan. Um, I have the not. original so, management games, management sims. Right. Yeah, like I, I like Dungeon Keeper uh, when they weren't Dungeon, Dungeon Keeper, Keeper games. Never yeah. played that either, but right. um, I, I know the I understand the concept of it. Sure. Um, uh, this I like. I've played a bunch of uh, like theme hospital, theme park, those um, those types of management games, and this really, to me, seemed like it was going down that route, like building um, bases and having all these different types of rooms that allow you to um, research different types of things and just like keep building and building and building and unlocking more things as you go. That's kind of what I thought it was going to be. Um, I don't think it is quite like Theme Hospital at all. Um, it's more or less uh, like two sort of separate... It feels like a board game to me, this game, um, in like a video game format where you're you're building up a, a base um, as a an evil mastermind and creating minions and followers and guards and, and that sort of thing. And then deploying these, uh, like outposts around a world map. And when you do that, you then go and send out your minions on little missions. Uh, and that allows you to either, um, gain money or gain more resources or, um, just all these different types of, uh, things that the game sort of rewards you with. And as you're doing that, you're um you're creating like heat for your character uh, for your your uh your genius um which sends like agents after you and they come and visit your base and then uh, they're trying to infiltrate it and and uh disrupt your you know the things you've got going on um i'm still pretty much in the tutorial phase at this point i've played maybe i think like two hours at this point um and because i haven't played this style of game before i'm still working my way through the tutorial stuff like learning all the uh the, the sort of behaviors of how this game works and all the different types of things you can build and how they interact with each other and, and that sort of stuff um yeah and i think where the sort of correlation between how i thought it was going to be more like a theme hospital um i guess because of the art style one and sort of the layout and how it it looks, uh, but yeah, it's not that at all. Um, it's super, like, it seems more like a sandbox game where you kind of just build a thing 
and you just keep on going and going and going. Whereas a game like Theme Hospital, Theme Park, you're sort of given objectives. Oh, okay. And, so um, that's what you're missing. Yeah. And you're like, you're given uh, uh, like, hey, there's going to be this. This is your hospital. These are your sort of limitations. You're going to get these types of diseases. You're going to have um, these types of uh, different obstacles that are that'll pop up along the way that you got to try and deal with and then off you go like you're given objectives and then you complete that and then you go on the next level and you you start from scratch again or you're you're taking a uh, a rundown hospital and then trying to build it up um whereas this seems more like a you start from from nothing you build your way up and you're sort of expanding as you go and getting further and further into the game and i think um, like a like a civilization or um, like risk or something like that, where you just keep growing and growing and growing, and I think that's what this type of game is. Or maybe it changes further down the line, but uh, it doesn't seem like it's little contained story based things. Because uh, at this point, I'm just building and building and building, and my stuff is getting uh, it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And so, um, yeah, I'm just kind of I'm, I'm still like learning how everything interacts with each other. Uh, at this point and um and like i'm enjoying it um i just it's just not really scratching that it's like i was playing this and being like man i should i'm just i kind of just want to play theme hospital at this point <laughs> and go back right. and play some of like the they released some new some dlc for that yeah recently um but anyway like it, it looks cool um it's got some interesting gameplay mechanics but it's it's definitely not the game that I thought it was going to be. Right. Um, even when you compare it to like a dungeon keeper where yep. you're creating, uh, I think maybe dungeon keeper is even more um, interactive in terms of like the things that will happen in your base. This is, this is, there's not really much going on at this point. I've had like two agents come and right. that has been during a tutorial lesson so i like i don't know how much more involved it kind of gets yeah uh as you keep going but at this point i'm kind of kind of just just building things that the game is asking me to build and, and working my way through a list of um uh like things that you can do in the game and and it's getting to the point where that, a lot of that list is sort of revealing itself and it's no longer hidden and i'm like this is uh this it just doesn't seem too deep to me at this point right so i don't know like what's your sort of experience been with this game in the past uh yeah that's that's what's surprising to me because maybe i didn't expect a lot of depth but i was i'm surprised to i i thought it was i was i was surprised to say hear you say that you didn't feel it was theme like enough theme hospital stylings because that was it was basically to me theme hospital mm. <clears throat> but a evil genius lair type thing like a a super villain's lair um yeah it's i get i get the your criticism though like i do understand what you you feel you're missing uh because yeah that isn't really there it is sort of more a um a a long-term campaign game as opposed to these those self-contained missions that theme hospital had um this it is a bit more freeform um yeah it's disappointing to hear that you don't have a lot of impact on 
dispatching the secret agents that come uh, because yeah. that was always something I really relished the opportunity to do in the original. Um, so if that has taken a bit of a backseat or is de-emphasized then and, and sort of streamlined, I think streamlining that aspect of it is a mistake for the game uh, because mm-hmm. that is probably the, like the, yeah, that's probably the most interesting part. Uh, otherwise it turns into sort of a, uh, yeah, like it, it created a complexity to your base management, right? Um, it, it develops complexity in the way you managed your, or built your base because it allowed like doing it certain ways, creative building allowed you to hamper the efforts of secret agents who who came. Whereas right. it, if that's not really necessary, if it's been streamlined, then you can sort of just build your base however you like it. Or you can go for you can maximize efficiency, right? Uh you can maximize efficiency in your layers design without needing to uh, make considerations for how you'll deal with agents, right? Yeah. And that was always a very interesting element of base design was the trade-off between efficiency and stopping agents. Mm. Uh, well, was- I, I feel like I'm not even at that stage of yeah. the game telling me that part yet. I, I like, there's all these um, elements that, uh that that I can do but it hasn't told me I should be doing stuff like there's traps in the game um and you can like research the traps and and uh I guess put them in your base but like again I'm two and a half hours in yeah and it hasn't told me to do any of this stuff yet like I yeah. can I can research it but it's not it's not up to that point yet and so I'm I'm at the stage where I'm uh I've just unlocked like valets and um and it was like, all right, if an agent comes in, then you can escort them to, uh, you know, an area of your base and deal with them there. And, and that's kind of just where I've gotten past. And yeah. like I said, that's two hours in. It just seems really slow at this point. Um, so, like, hopefully once I get past this, like, the game teaching me how to play. Yeah. Like, it's doing a pretty decent job of telling me, like, where I should be putting things and, um you know how these things connect with each other it just seems to be going on and on and on and on and i don't know when the game actually starts like it still feels like it's teaching me stuff and i'm like i've been doing this for a long time like mm. i've got i've got a lot of this stuff built and i'm running out of room and it seems like i've nearly like unveiled all the stuff in my build bar like when does it when is things going to actually start happening um so i don't know i guess we'll wait and see like fingers yep. crossed, it does develop. Uh, yeah, as you get a bit further in, although it does feel like it's a management sim, right? Like fucking two hours seems like plenty <laughs> in terms of tutorializing. Mm. Uh, yep. Yeah. Um. All right. Anyway, that's Evil Genius Two. It's out. Uh, it's out now. Check it out if you want to. Um. After all right. Let's keep glowing review. Uh. Let's keep on moving here. We've got another game called It Takes Two. Um, this is the latest from Hazelight, the creators of Brothers and A Way Out. They did Brothers, right? Yeah. 
Well, I don't know if they were Hazelight when they did Brothers, but it was the same team. That's when, right. Uh, that's when, um, uh, sorry, Joseph Fares was at uh, Starbreeze. Starbreeze did Brothers. Um, anyway, this is uh, Joseph's company and he has done a bunch of uh, like cooperative two-player uh, games in the past, which we've talked about here on the show. Um, this is his latest game and uh, it's reviewed really well. Um, it's currently like a 90 on Metacritic or 89, really high. Um, so I, uh, I got a copy of this and have been playing a bunch of it with my wife. Um, the basic premise of it is hey, that- say it probably. My what? wife! <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, classic. The, April 4th. The basic, the basic premise of it is that you are playing, um, uh, there's a, there's a married couple- um, who has a child and um, they inform this young girl that their parents will be getting divorced. Um, and uh, she ends up getting a bit upset about it. And she's got these two dolls that are um, made in uh, the, are made after her parents. And sure. uh, she ends up crying. The tears drop on the dolls and the parents wake up and they have been, uh encapsulated they are now the dolls um and they're in this world where everything is big sort of like a uh, honey i shrunk the kids type of thing where your um your character is very small and uh you're running around and completing objectives and going from different areas in the game as uh, a cooperative i th- i think it's well it's it's a split screen game at least on local i don't know how it sort of behaves on online Sure. Um, but you can, it, it plays pretty well in, uh, in a local couch co-op setting. Um, they're doing some interesting things with sort of like the way this game is delivered. You can buy it and it's not a fully priced game. I think it's, it's, it's like 30 us, um, 35 us, and you're able to give a, uh, like a free game code to a friend and then they can also play with you as a, cause it's a co-op game. That's the way that you play it. Um, and each character has different abilities or different ways that they can interact with the environment. Um, so for instance, like we just got up to a level where, um, my character Cody has a bunch of nails and he is able to throw them into objects like on the wall. And, um, the other character may, can use a hammer to swing on the the nails. Uh, And so you're using these um, abilities to navigate the environment as two characters and, uh, and trying to get around like certain places and complete objectives. And it's a puzzle game, platforming puzzle game at the end of the day. Um, It looks really neat. It's got this like cartoonish sort of, um, like a like a CG cartoonish vibe to it, but it looks really cool. Um, it plays like it runs really well. Haven't had any issues. It's a little bit challenging at certain parts. Like it's 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 the type of game where um, if you've got somebody that's not too familiar with uh, controller based games, they might they might struggle in certain sections because it is uh, very um, like you got to be quick uh, in certain parts. You got to really sit down and um like nail certain sections the good parts about it is that the um the way the boss fights work 
there is not necessarily a um there's no lives in the game per se so if somebody does die during a boss fight they respawn pretty quickly um uh but and then the game keeps going on but if the other person happens to die while the other like the other person is already dead then that's when the game will uh revert back to a checkpoint and yep. start again so you can sort of keep alternating one person dies and they revive the other person can die like it just keeps on going or if you've got somebody that's a bit more proficient at games um they can sort of just run around and keep surviving and and keep on going while you know the other person is is just uh trying to do as best they can um yeah. sort of like when we play which, uh warzone together right and i can yeah, and i've got to revive you all the time can't, can't live through anything and i gotta buy you back <laughs> in gold anyway keep going yeah um i i've heard um you know it's it's got like it's got a really cool um like art style to it like i said it's it's this cartoony but like almost like pixar looking game um it, it looks really neat in terms of like its storytelling it does some cool like uh side swipes and things like that as you're um as it's transitioning between like gameplay and cutscenes and um it just looks really awesome uh, the um some of the puzzles are really cool and fun um which is which is awesome the uh it's just a i think it's a pretty fun game to be honest um i don't know like how like it's a type, it feels like the type of ga- game you want to play with uh maybe your partner or someone like that or like someone a loved one um because it does seem to be dealing with those sorts of uh themes in the game itself like i don't know where it goes at the end uh but it's it's definitely a lot like a it doesn't feel like it's a kid kids game like it's got this kids aesthetic to it but it's got um it's got themes that it's sort of looking into that are not something that you'd think kids would be interested in yeah so uh i'm enjoying it for the most part like it seems like my wife's having a lot of good fun with it she's she's digging it um I've heard people comparing it to like the best puzzle game since since Portal, like cult puzzle games since Portal um, or Portal Two, and um, yeah, it seems to be doing some really cool stuff. Like I'm keen to keep playing it, and, and it seems like it's a solid game, which is is different. Like he can uh, he can keep his what is it one thousand dollars he was gloating about uh, if people <laughs> weren't having fun with it. So there you yep. go. That's called it's it takes two. Um, I was going to check it out. Pretty much everything. Yeah, but I only have one Xbox Series X controller, and I only have one PlayStation Five controller, so I wasn't sure what the fuck I was going to play it on. Because play on PC. Well, then, then I've got to sit here w- with my wife playing on PC. It's just weird. It yeah. just strikes me as odd. Uh, so I couldn't work out how I was going to play it. So I'm like, fuck it. Yeah, uh, I do still I'd, want to play it because, uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun laughing at hmm. a way out, not laughing with a way out, laughing at a way out. Um, but it did have some elements in it that were pretty fun. Um, some good co-op moments. Um, mostly just fucking. I played that with Nate, and we were just we just fucked with each other the entire time. The amount of times. It was like some extremely serious emotional scene and you're like, 
it was a quick time event and you both had to like press a to reach out and grab each other and one of us just wouldn't fucking reach out and let the other one fall hilarious mm. comedy gold um so yeah yeah there's um there's there's like a bunch of mini games in there as well that you sort of come across as you're playing um and they're good fun when i'm just destroying my wife at them and she's getting <laughs> she's clearly just like let's let's keep going let's not do this anymore yep. uh, anyway i think it's really cool um we'll see sort of how much that continues to hold up but um yeah it's a lot of fun you're doing things like like one person is like holding the end of a vacuum cleaner while the other person gets like sucked into it and shot out and like thrown across the room and has to like figure out how to get the other person to where they are and like hitting triggers and um yeah, it starts some really interesting, neat puzzle stuff that I think is a lot of fun. I haven't really uh, played a game like that in a while, so it's cool. Nice. I like it. Um, so that's it's t- it takes two. It's out now, uh, and like I said, you can grab it on um, uh, for for you know half the price of a normal game and give it to a friend, play together. Uh, there you go. What's nice. next? Rocket League Sideswipe, the mobile. Is it a mobile game? I think it is. Right. Fun. Yeah, it was. Um, sorry, I just kicked something. It, that I can see. I can see in audacity that I just made a bunch of noise. Not kicking my fan. My only fan. Um. Anyway. Uh. Yeah. Sideswipe. Uh. Or Pocket League, as it should have been called, but I uh, wasn't for some reason. Um. Is. Uh. Or was. Uh. Technical alpha that was available on the Australian New Zealand Android platform. Uh. For about a week. Uh, I jumped in and played it. I managed to get myself to gold rank in the uh, solo experience, which isn't, uh, you know, all that high, but it took some fucking doing, I'll tell you what. Um, And yeah, I had a bunch of fun uh, with it. I do not think that uh, it will be anywhere near as popular as Rocket League because uh, I've, I've said this a bunch of times, but the the power of Rocket League is that it is anyone can, provided you can manage to drive a car, if you can actually do the... I've seen you driving cars in games. It's Get the fuck out of here. That's a bad statement to get make. Get the fuck out of here. Um, How many cars did you get stuck the other day? How many? How many trucks? Just one. Okay. More than five. More than five. Just one? Just one truck, okay? And some of the driving I did before that point went unnoticed, despite it being glorious, okay? Um, anyway, uh, it's not my fault that the driving in Hell Let Loose is only outdone by the swimming in terms of being awful. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Provided you can drive in a video game, uh, you can play Rocket League, basically. Because all you need to do is crash your car into the giant fucking ball and you have the basics, right? Like, it it, it relies on two near-universal concepts. The universal concept of driving and the universal concept of soccer. Uh, and... So because it's it's capable of uh, like tapping into those universal constants, the skill floor for Rocket League is extremely low. That isn't the case in Sideswipe. Sideswipe feels like a game for people who are into Rocket League. 
instead of uh, a game for anyone that happens to ha have a real low skill floor and a very high skill ceiling. Uh, Sideswipe is a game with a pretty high skill floor right from the get-go. And as a result, uh, I, I I worry that it's, it's too complex to really uh, capture a lot of people's attention. I do think that it provides ample opportunity for good like high quality play but mm. but it is it's it's more like a fighting game than it is like rocket league um i was saying this on twitter uh but it feels like a game where like one of those combo heavy or juggle heavy fighting games mm. right so it's sideswipe is played on a 2d plane and uh, you know, you got your two cars, one on either side, and all you're doing is going left to right. Uh, sorry, right to left, actually. Uh, right to left, uh, trying to knock the ball into the goal, Rocket League style. The, the goal in this case is raised off the ground a little bit. So you've got to get some elevation. You can't just sort of drive it in. Uh, and it will, there's there's a flat lip on the on the edge of the goal that will take it straight mm. up. It won't like, curl itself naturally into the goal uh, so you do need to actually put the ball in the goal and so you wind up in these situations where uh, a lot of the game relies very heavily on players being able to uh, control the ball enough to put it into the goal uh, while also outdoing their opponent and yeah. because of that what you're really doing is waiting for an opportunity to exploit a mistake for your opponent. And that is what it feels like most of the time. It feels like most of the time, all you're really doing is exploiting your opponent's mistakes for massive game because, hmm. you know, a goal is all you need to win. Uh, and so you're, you're exploiting those mistakes and then you are waiting out time because the game area you can watch uh if you're interested in seeing it in action i put up some footage on my youtube channel uh i didn't put any sound in it and i didn't realize it was recording my mic so it's a bit weird uh but um I, I it, it reminds me of um like if you had an air hockey table and you turned it on its side yeah but with air hockey so you've got the the puck that can move around which is the ball and you've got the two goals um the only difference is the uh the paddles i guess you call them yeah <laughs> i'm not really sure but if the paddles could go anywhere on yeah. the air hockey table yeah. um then that's kind of what rocket league sideswipers is i guess yeah Oh, that's a good comparison. Uh, yeah, it is. It is like an air hockey, uh, and it's a good comparison to you know Rocket League. If Rocket League is soccer, or if Rocket League was hockey, uh, then Sideswipe would be air hockey to Rocket League's hockey. You know, yeah. I think there is a depth in Rocket League uh, that is missing from uh, Sideswipe, and that's not to say that there isn't depth in Sideswipe because there's depth in air hockey, it's just not the same amount of depth that there is in real hockey or real Rocket League. Um, but yeah, you get to this point, you get to a point where um, like you're able to score in seconds, mm. uh, but rounds take two minutes. 
And so you wind up in this situation where you are literally just waiting out these this time, right? And you've got to make a decision between actively attempting to score. Like on my on my efforts to get to gold rank, and gold rank required, I think it was three three wins at each ranking. So it was mm-hmm. uh I went bronze one, bronze two, bronze through like one through five, and then silver one through five. And then when I was right on the cusp of silver uh, of gold one, I uh went on a big losing streak and got myself all the way back down to silver two. And then I won my way back up to gold one. But each of those requires three wins. And so I must have played, I don't know, dozens of games, um, like 15 per rank at least. Mm. Um, and so you wind up in this situation where by the time I was trying to get into gold one, what I would do is I would get a lead of two goals and then I would just guard that lead because it's a it's a game where the the space the size of the um the field is such that you can boost from one side to the other and it will use all of your boost so if you overcommit, if you go to the other side of the, if you go into their goal area and you don't have the ball with you, and they are they are pushing the goal to uh, the ball towards your goal, mm-hmm. you have to turn around and use all of your boost to maybe get there in time. So what you're you're way better off just sitting there, blocking and waiting for them to make a mistake, and then pushing the ball in their direction, and fainting towards a boost to, to force them to use their boost because you're not trying to score, right? Because you could score in fucking three seconds flat, right? Less than five seconds, you can have a goal uh, and like no time has passed. The The real thing you're trying to do once you have a lead in Sideswipe is kill time, is literally park the fucking bus and wait them out. And so you will belt the ball down their end faint as if you're going in their direction and then watch them use their boost. And that is boost that they can't use to bring the ball back up. And then you wait for them to come back your, your direction. And it just isn't like it's, there's interesting play there, but it's not the exciting rocket league play that, that I've come to uh, understand. It's not, you know, what I I watch people do um, when I watch rocket league or, anything like that it's it's a different kind of game and i think it's quite divorced from the concept of rocket league right um i think it's yeah it's good fun i've got a razor kishi which my wife uses to play stardew valley on her phone Hmm. so you've been cheating and it works in rocket league sideswipe and it is heinous how much more control you have than Trying to fat finger your fucking phone screen, which I am not a fan of. Um, so yeah, that's something. But uh, yeah, I was using that. Uh, if they didn't want you to use it, then they would just block the use of it. Uh, <laughs> Call of Duty Mobile blocks the use of it. Lots of oh, games really? block the use of it. Yeah, uh, it's not that hard to do. Uh, so evidently, it is sanctioned by the fucking 
it's Epic Games. It's not like there's some fucking tiny fucking game company. Um, yeah. So I've got no shame about using the Kishi. Uh, right. And yeah, I got to goal one and then I stopped playing and the beta was over the next day. Oh, the alpha was over the next day. Uh, but yeah, I would keep an eye on it. If, I, if you're a Rocket League fan, I'd keep an eye on it because it is fun but it is important to understand that it is not rocket league uh in my opinion it's not the same rocket league experience um but yeah i think i think it will probably result in some pretty interesting uh gameplay footage uh i like some of the some of the high level battles i had against people you know, like when I was at the cusp of gold, it's obviously not high, high. It's not like we're in master tier or some shit. Uh, but like, I was playing like fucking sweating my yeah. tits off, doing shit <laughs> that like, you know, you're, you're specifically rotating your car to, because there's, there's a good amount of physics in the game. Like it's got a really good base of physics. And so if you, turn your car you can smack the ball in certain directions and stuff like you would in rocket league but it leads to like very interesting techniques and stuff like you push the ball down there and it goes up the thing and all you need to do is like stop and and you can sort of like backflip your way in to knocking the ball in very easily if they're not nearby um and so you wind up in these situations where like they would scoot the ball down my end and I would be like right behind it. And instead of just letting it go up and trying to block it, I would follow it all the way up. And then when I was in the goal area, I, I was, I would like tilt my car so that it was underneath it and then scoop it out of the goal. As opposed to if you just knock it straight up, it can sort of go anywhere. It's a bit of a 50, 50 chance and it might wind up bouncing off your car into the goal but if you scoop it you can knock it out of the fucking goal and then actually get some shit done you can then follow it with your boost afterwards um and yeah there's like there's some interesting technique in there that winds up feeling really satisfying to pull off uh and so yeah i think there's probably a lot of room for it to grow in that direction but it will not i don't think find the same uh I don't know, audience that rocket league has because yeah literally anyone can pick up and play rocket league yeah, yeah. i don't think they're going for that same audience so like it's a mobile game this thing will probably push more copies than, <laughs> than rocket league at the end of the day on consoles maybe like it's the, the amount of like if you go click on a game mm. these days and see how many downloads it's got it's fucking stupid some of the numbers you see floating yeah. around yeah. Um, so I'm sure this thing will make a ton of money. It's uh, it's because it's free to play, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it appears to be. I don't know. It was free to download when I got it. So awesome. All yep. right. So that is Rocket League Sideswipe. It looks like it's out on mobile devices. Um, uh, I don't think it's. Uh, well, I don't think it is. Is it? How'd you get it? They had a technical alpha. Available oh, in Australia okay. and New Zealand. Uh, and, the, and the alpha ended. All oh, right. Yeah, that's, you're right. Because when I click on it, yeah. there's no page. It doesn't load. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. All right, you can't play it then. Get fucked. 
Get fucked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yahoo! <laughs> All right, Monster Train is up next. Uh, brand new DLC came out for this called The Last Divinity. Um, Monster Train is a game we talked about a lot on here. I believe it was in our uh, both of our top fives of last year. It is a card-based uh, card-based game where you are on a train in the depths of hell, um, and each uh, th- each uh, well, the train itself has uh, three levels to it, and then at the very top, the fourth level is a pyre um, that the uh, the enemies of heaven uh, are trying to extinguish, and your job as the um, enemy or the the uh, they're not enemies, I guess the the monsters of hell is to try and stop uh, the enemies from heaven in uh, extinguishing that pyre. And so you go from level to level, uh, accumulating more cards and more more abilities and and different ways to deal with your foes um, in order to get to the very last level, which is like eight or nine levels in, and then eventually you win. Um, and there's various ways of um, of I guess progressing through. Uh, the game by using different champions. I think there are uh, quite a handful since we first talked about it, at least that they basically doubled them um, at this point. And so each faction has two champions that you can jump in there and use. Um, Yeah. And we've been pretty, uh, pretty fond of this game. So this latest update that just came out adds a brand new uh, clan to the game with a new champion that you can play with. Um, have you had a chance to check this out at all? Yeah, uh, played through, got the new clan to level five, right? Um, so I could unlock the second um champion because you can't yep. unlock the second champion until you get there. Um, right. I didn't read anything about it. I just thought I'd fucking work it out while I play. Have you played it much? Yeah, I played a couple of rounds. Right. Uh, I kind of did the same thing you did. Didn't read about it. Jumped in there, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" I'm this reading. I'm reading now, and uh, yeah, I've yeah, I didn't even know about this shards shit. There's a new boss that you need a hundred shards across, like when you beat Seraph, the last boss. Yeah, you get it's another like a secret boss. Yeah, secret boss. I didn't even fucking know about this shit. God damn it. Hmm. Uh, well, so it's a brand. New, it's like a brand new mechanic. It, it, it basically, um, we've talked about a bunch of games recently that have like curses in them, um, mm. which means that you get something positive, but in the long run, generally there's something negative that will come to effect of you getting that positive thing. Yeah. And um, Monster Train takes that into account now. These shard systems where you can spend resources or or spend gold or. Uh, merge cards to each other that's a that's also another mechanic but um you can do this and you gain shards and every sort of uh there's like different tiers in this shard system and as you do that it actually levels up the enemies so they get stronger and stronger as well so not only are you getting more powerful but there's this trade-off of uh you're getting something cool but also they're getting harder and harder to beat so that's that's just brand new across the board that's got nothing to do with this new clan yeah Um, so yeah, but, I, like, I basically, I, I was completely, the very first game that I played, I got to 100 shards. I oh, beat really? The, I beat the boss, got to the next one, and got wiped. <laughs> like, I got yeah, right. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't even see this shard shit at all. Uh, or if I've seen it, I haven't noticed it. Um, hmm. 
So, yeah, I hope, I hope that what that does is illustrate how fucking overwhelming this new clan is because it adds so much fucking shit. Uh, there's so much added uh, with the Wormkin clan. Just the new dude alone, he adds these echoes things um, mm. that you use to do a, a, like all manner of fucking stuff. Like there's there's now a, a new... Uh, so you you already had basically um, two currencies that you had to manage when you were deploying on the train. There was uh, your mana or whatever the fuck it is, and there was the uh, the space on yeah. on a floor each level. Yeah, uh, and now you've got another one if you're playing as this guy, um, which is the fucking the echoes, and the echoes do all kinds of shit. Uh, you you can use them to like the mate the the champion for them. Um, he can use them to do sort of persistent damage. Um, that mm-hmm. like like every time someone comes into the into the level and and he casts anything, he does damage to them. Um, you can like, like buff you can other players them. like cards. Yeah, to, to buff your your monsters or your cards. You can uh spend them like they can be auto spent by these egg characters to hatch into other things and like all this kind of shit is happening. There's uh there's another new um like I don't know ability. Um in the mix where any th- any time a card is consumed on the same level like it gets a massive uh like a, a, a monster gets a massive buff yeah um like there's just fucking there's a load of shit to take very, into account it's complicated <laughs> like right <laughs> off the bat you're just fucking yeah like the ability for you to gain these echoes it hinges on your card having this purple outline. Mm, and infused. Yeah, it has to be infused, which is another fucking new thing. But, like, that actually dramatically changes. Like, it's a deck-building game. Mm. And there are situations where you will take cards that you might not have before solely because it's infused and i think that's huge man like the amount of i don't know the the it, it honestly feels like too much it feels like they've added too much in one go they should have mm-hmm. dribbled this shit out a little bit because it feels like suddenly there is a lot to consider uh all in in one fucking play session one run through the fucking depths of hell uh yeah and you just get you're just like, oh my god. Okay, well, uh, the 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 other thing is at like the lowest level when you haven't done any of the what are that Re- revenants revenant levels or whatever the fuck they call when you haven't done any of that shit, like you can still win. Like I won. I haven't lost a run as the Wormkin yet. Mm-hmm. And I had a run uh, yesterday 
where I was going through. And obviously, I haven't been doing this shard shit, so uh, I'm sure I would be losing against the final boss. But uh, uh, yeah, I'm lost against Seraph. Um, and I'm running through, and I had one run where I like picked this card, and I then doubled it because I'm like, oh yeah, this card I think is gonna be fucking awesome. And I doubled it, and then I got like two more rounds in, and I had not successfully deployed this card in any manner, and it was basically just taking up card draw space. I'm like, ah, oh, yeah. fuck. So I had to, I, I wasted a double on a card that I then, at the next opportunity, deleted. I yeeted it into the pit. Like, that is, that should be everything. That should be game over, basically. Like, if you've if you've experimented with a card, found out it's useless, yeah, nah, you're done, mate. But, like, the rest of my strategy was sound enough that i could get away with it and actually getting rid of those cards uh provided me with more than enough opportunity to just survive long enough um i do think that monster train still has a bit of uh a bit of a heavy hitter problem like mm -hmm. you do wind up in these situations where uh i had i had a I had a, I think it was Wormkin plus the green guys, the Awoken or whatever they are. No, Awoken? I don't know, the green guys. Um, and I had that one Awoken card that does sweep. And I had him behind my champion who buffed uh, anyone on his level plus yeah. 15 for every echo that they that yep. was in the level and so all i needed to do was load up the bottom level on echoes keep the keep that one dude alive keep my front dude alive and uh i would have like plus 15 across seven echoes so my dude at the back had like seven times 15 which is 105 plus 105 uh plus the trick was I'd give him multi-strike three times. So he was doing that four fucking times, sweeping. And the only thing I really had to worry about was if anyone had spikes. Because if anyone had spikes, he was definitely going to fucking die. But uh, that didn't happen. And fucking Seraph was dead the first level he came into, the, like, first time he came in a level. Because every other time he'd been copping fucking 400 fucking damage. Uh, anytime he came down to the fucking bottom level, um, he was dead on the first hit. Like, I think he came down to the bottom level twice and that was it. That, that was all I had to do. Like everyone was fucking dead constantly. Um, and yeah, you just wind up in this situation where, yeah, if you buff, if you can buff and keep alive, like two monsters, you can win everything. And I suppose based on what I just read about the last uh the new secret boss i suppose mm. that isn't a viable strategy but uh yeah they added some other stuff that i like uh, definitely allowed me to get away with some stuff they added one where they added a um a relic i think they're called relics i don't know whatever the fuck mm -hmm. they're called artifact um, artifacts yeah where instead of taking damage you take 25 you lose 25 gold did you see that one 
uh, that it should be far more expensive. Uh, 25 gold is fucking nothing. It is meaningless. Mm. It's not worth any points at the end of a run. Uh, like it's literally worth the amount of it's one to one on points. So it's not worth fucking anything. Uh, because a percentage point of damage is worth way more than 25 points. So yeah, right. That's way too powerful. It's ridiculous. Uh, so I went in, I, had like that round where I had to delete some some dudes. Um like I doubled and then had to delete them. I still got through that one because they actually got to the final they got to my pyre. But I had like six hundred gold left. So every attack they did it didn't fucking matter because I had this fucking relic and they couldn't do any fucking damage to me. Hmm. Uh ludicrous. Um yeah, it should scale or something. The like scale with every tier through the train you get through or some shit like it at tier one it's 25 gold at tier two it's 75 gold at tier three it's 150 or some shit because otherwise if you've got enough gold you can just sit there and tank damage on your pyre for fucking ever and i don't think that's how the game's supposed to work right yep anyway yeah um so it's also got this like merging uh, mechanic in there as well now where you can spend it's part of that uh, shard system where you can like merge other cards into cards that you've got as well so you um you sort of like get rid of a card but it will buff another card in another way um so that's kind of an interesting way of taking elements of some cards and uh and giving them to another card that normally doesn't have it as well um, I don't know if you've had a chance to play with that, but I've I've done that a couple of times with like train wardens, like stuff that I just am not really needing anymore and just being like, oh, I'll just right. get rid of that. Like I'll give this other thing an extra uh, extra damage boost and some, some more health and see what happens. So um, like that stuff is sort of interesting. The, the weight of whether or not you like take on this buff or you kind of leave it depending on how far into the game you are uh yeah i'm digging it i'm having a lot of fun with it so far it's definitely like you said uh, a bit overwhelming there's a lot going on it took me a couple of goes to sort of understand like how it was how these cards behave and how you should be playing um i haven't unlocked the new the second champion yet so maybe i need to keep playing with um with that one but yeah it seems like a cool update there's definitely a lot going on there um yeah a lot have fun with it yeah uh yeah i gotta check out this shard shit but uh otherwise yeah um i'm very pleased with what they've done awesome hmm. all right that's monster train you can check it out it's uh extremely good uh and the last game we have here is satisfactory uh we spoke about this at length about seven seven months ago six months ago um it is a building game where you build factories and uh it, it's I, I would say that it's my it's, it's like a uh i don't know like an a clicker game it's basically a clicker game in first person um except rather than you yeah. clicking on the screen you're building giant factories and outputting resources and exploring um looking for different things to build and creating these enormous enormous uh factory production lines um about seven months ago 
when I played it, I said it was very good. Um, and then you said you would never play a game like this. It looks stupid. Uh, and then the next week you'd played like 20 hours, 25 plus hours of it. We yep. spent a whole weekend playing. Uh, you were pretty much in. Um, we played yep. a bit more uh, over the week or two. And um, haven't really ch- touched it since then. It's in early access, so they're still updating every once in a while. And uh, they're currently working on update four, which is due to be released in about two weeks from now. Um, but they are testing it on the experimental branch. Um, and uh, as far as I'm aware, that we looked, uh, the the save system uses the um, experimental branch is the same as the save system in the early access branch and you can switch um, saves back and forth so there's no real issue there uh, and mm. so I was actually going to wait until it went into the early access build but I mean uh, if it's the same Why bother? game based save same file then I thought oh, might as well just play it now um, so yeah I jumped in over the weekend um, played a bunch of it They've added uh, some pretty interesting new mechanics into the game. Um, drones is, I guess, one of the big new changes. So that's a way to transport um, some of your resources around. <clears throat> They've added in a stack of different types of buildings into the game, um, new types of resources. They've um, like worked on a lot of the UI elements, the sort of way that um, information is presented to you. Um, some quality of life stuff, so like being able to access uh, build schematics really quickly by just holding down a button now, which oh, I've yeah. used yeah. quite a lot. Um, yep. Like if I want to change from a level um, three, sorry, a level three um, conveyor belt to a level two, then it's just like a really easy radio wheel now, which is really cool. Um, uh, the information that's sort of presented to you on the screen is a, a bit cleaner. Um, the game... Uh, seems to run better in terms of frame rate. Like, frame rate, like they've done a lot of work in, because uh, there is shit on the screen. There is stuff going on all over the place. There's conveyor belts running everywhere. On the conveyor belts, there's like hundreds and hundreds of different types of resources moving around. Um, they've they've done a uh, some work on how that uh, is displayed to you. Like they've somehow um, made it less resource intensive and also uh, a bit less buggy i guess because i remember we were playing a couple uh, months back you'd you'd look at like a conveyor belt and there'd be like nothing on it <laughs> but like there's still stuff there um or it'd be like really choppy and and uh like disappearing in and out of your screen um haven't had any of those sort of issues anymore um, like weird pop-up things so they've worked on a lot of, of of that sort of stuff um a lot of new items in the game they've added, added in like uh, lighting fixtures and um uh, staircases and some you know not necessarily stuff that is things that you build for the sake of like getting from uh a higher tier in the game it's more like uh environmental stuff but still uh like basically giving you uh more control over how how your sort of factories look Mm. um which is cool anyway um, so that was the weekend. I spent 30 hours playing, it looks like, over the last couple of days. Um, you jumped in, a bunch of other people jumped in, and it was satisfactory. That game's really good. 
Yes, yes, it is. Uh, it's really good. It's it's just it's just a very compelling experience. It was quite buggy for me, but um, nonetheless, it was a lot of fun. Dear listener, I want to tell you how I looked the Luke because I've had quite the time doing utterly nonsensical things in a deliberate effort to make uh, Luke wonder aloud what the fuck I was doing uh, because you can hear it in his voice. It's it's the same <laughs> thing I can hear in my own voice whenever Luke does the exact same shit to me uh, yeah. when, when he fucking alters the background on my desktop to include fucking Gary Busey or some shit, right? That's it. That's I hear it. I hear it in his voice. So I created a tower, a tower of storage units, and then I, I set up a uh, set up a new factory just mm. above the other factory, just just to see what would would happen. And I made it make rods, and I made it make rods because I knew that we didn't need all that many rods. We did need rods to some extent, and that gave me the plausible deniability I required so that when Luke could be like, what the fuck is going on with this rod factory? <laughs> I could be like, what? We need rods, Luke. What? You know we need rods, man. What? I don't understand. Uh, we need rods. And he would be like, oh, yeah, I guess we do need rods. But then you'd look inside the fucking thing, and we would have 40,000 fucking rods. We didn't need 40,000 rods. I have created way too many rods. Uh, it's it's a comical amount. We're of turning rods. them into screws now, so yeah, they it's okay. They did create something out of my rod situation. Uh, I don't know if, if if you noticed, Luke, but I've got it going again with quartz. I'm making way too it. much, way too much silica, uh, way too much. And actually, that one started out pretty um, benevolent. In that uh, I, I needed a platform. I needed something to put a uh, a power line on because they added the grappling hook. And well, so now yeah. you can grapple on power lines. Uh, mm -hmm. And if you're out adventuring... See, I don't build in this game. I do not build shit unless I need to. Uh, no, I think all you do is build shit. That is your primary <laughs> thing that you do. Hmm. Yeah, kind of. Um, I I build to facilitate my ability to go exploring, and uh, that is basically all I'm doing is going exploring. But I've been exploring, and when you put down a power line, you can put another power line down in front of you uh, at quite some distance, and you can put it up on ledges, and provided it's not too steep, you can just sort of use the grappling hook to just grapple your way up on the power line, uh, which like specifically circumvents a, a significant amount of the platforming of the game like you just sort of instead of like jumping from one rock to another and etc etc nah you just like grapple grapple hook uh or yep. no zip line not grapple zip line uh anyway i needed a platform to zip line my way up because there was a purple slug uh where i was and i've been acquiring a lot of slugs Slugs allow you to like overclock 
your uh, your production, which is extremely yeah. handy. Um, so I, um, I did. I I fucking nailed it. I was like fucking scooting up, but uh, when I got up there, I needed a way down uh, because there is a you maintain momentum when you're ziplining down. Mm-hmm. And so, if it's a straight line down, it's basically like falling from a great, great, great height. Like uh, you can sort of get away with it if you jump off the end of it. But uh, the way the game was working, I was pretty sure what was going to happen was I was going to fucking power dive into the fucking floor. Um, it's just, it's a little bit buggy, and there's some like there's sometimes when it auto saves. Like none of your inputs register, and even if you're not doing anything dangerous, you'll still yeet yourself off a fucking cliff and stuff. Um, yeah, so it's it's a it's a bit challenging. So what I wanted to do was create a bit of a platform for myself to land on, so that it wouldn't be a steep, uh, a a run down, and I might live through the experience, even if I did miss the the jump off. So mm. I built two storage containers on top of one another, and then I put the power point on top of that, uh, power pole on top of that, and then I went down. And then when I got down, I'm like, oh, I could, I could get to the higher. There was another slug. Actually, the first slug was green. There's a purple one even higher up. I'm like, I could get to that one by just building a fucking tower of storage containers. So I built a tower of storage containers and I just climbed the ladder all the way up. And mm. then I did the power pole across the purple slug. Got the purple slug, came back down, and I'm like, eh, I'm not going to fucking dismantle these. Built some fucking miners. And now I've got like a big production line of silica. Um, <laughs> we don't have any use for silica. But not yet. You, you, are, uh, you will have about 800,000 silica Yeah. Uh, by the time you do need it. So, uh, yeah. Useful, useful, very useful. Um, so yeah, no, having a lot of fun exploring the the thing I was doing when we bowed last night was I'd found a giant bunch of iron and I was building a new base to make iron. I don't know more why. Rods. More rods. That was my plan. Uh, <laughs> it's just going to be even more rods, but uh, yeah, I'm going to have to pivot somehow, do something different. Something. How'd you go with? Um, this is your first time setting up a transport line. You set up a truck. How'd you go with that? That was uh, that was pretty interesting. Um, I do not think it is as efficient as it could be. <laughs> uh, I uh, yeah. I um. I'm worried that it's because it's sort of. You build the truck. It's not a truck. It's a tractor. I don't know how we build a truck yet. I've got no idea. We, got, we, we unlocked it. We just oh, unlocked we finally it. did. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, the tractor seems fine. It's, yeah, like I said, not it as works. efficient as it could be, yeah. uh, but it works. And uh, yeah, basically, you set up a truck station at one end and a truck station at another, and then you've got to like record your driving, but it doesn't mm. appear to be any editing that recording. And so when I was driving, uh, and I got to the end and then I looped all the way back down and I got like three quarters of the way there and I hit a rock and then mm. I spent like 
20 seconds reversing out of that rock and then like driving around the rock but sort of hitting it on the way out and like now that's recorded for all eternity and every time the truck does that path it just does that it like hits the rock and i tried to fix it by like platforming over but uh no that didn't work that didn't work and uh yeah so uh yeah it's it's fine it's fine it does its job it does it does its job right we've got way too many reinforced beams uh-huh. Oh, yeah, so many, but they're good <laughs> because they can be used for Mark IV um, conveyor belts. Mm. Right. Uh, what do we use smart plates for? Because we got fucking I don't know three containers full of them. <laughs> I don't know. We'll figure that out once we need something. We got something no else. fucking no fucking motors, but we got seven billion fucking smart plates, and yeah, it's like ooh. I think we're working on that next. <laughs> Um, once we get to like the spaceship, the, the space hub or whatever it is and figuring out like what we need for that. Right. Cause we're setting up some more, um, some more production over in an area where we've just built like this giant platform over the edge of a cliff, um, which has like coal, it's got like copper there. It's got some iron, it's got a bit of everything. So we're going to set up like some, com- some computers, maybe some AI chips and, Oh, yeah. um, computer stuff over the, in that side and then I guess we just got to see what we need and figure it out like I just started building some more um, uh, refineries and, and um, I built a fuel generator as well last night just before we logged off and started playing around with that um, getting some more plastic going because we need I guess we need plastic for computers so we've got like eight i think eight machines pumping out plastic at this stage so i don't know man like it's getting there there's things going um what about what about when i was like oh yeah all i need to unlock jetpacks is rubber (laughs) you're like yeah don't worry about it i'll get it and then i come over to pick up the rubber like half an hour later and not only had you not done it but you said it you're like oh yeah no okay okay now it's doing rubber and I'm like, okay, fine. And off I go again. And then I come back another half an hour later. And so an, a full hour has passed. And I come back and it has not been making any rubber because you said it's the wrong fucking thing. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. yeah. It was. It was classic. Oh, anyway. Um, yep. Yeah, man. That uh, That's a great game. It's really good. It is. Do you, do you feel like they're far off of a full release? Like, I don't know what is left in the like. Is there a roadmap or something? Like, I'd love to see if there was a roadmap. That would be. I helpful. think that I'm quite surprised we haven't seen like dedicated servers from them yet. That would um, be fucking phenomenal. I that would make this. Like, we'd have to buy a game. server then. That's the problem. I, <laughs> I I I would chip in. I would chip in honestly. Uh, yeah, roadmap. Here we go. Roadmap because the thing is, the, the the game is just so big. Like it, the map is enormous. There, yeah. like we're playing in areas that I've not been in before. Um, like some of the stuff I've seen, like the the parts where we're building our oil refineries and that. Like I've been to that place before because very close to um, the starting area that I was in last time. But otherwise, it's it's just such a huge world to explore. 
Yeah, yeah, it is massive. Um, I've been looking at some of them a couple of times and, and just like looking at areas in the distance, you know, the 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 Skyrim thing. See that mountain? Yeah. I wonder if I can... I, I'm going to climb that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, um, the, the thing that I like about the game is the the amount of knowledge you sort of get as you keep playing and the the way to um refine the production lines and getting like the maximum efficiency out of each thing um yeah it's just it's it's really cool like learning more and more about how to set up these lines like when i first played this game i just mm-hmm. had like it was just ridiculous stuff everywhere and then you start like decommissioning buildings and laying them out better um and then you start getting to a point where you've got like different levels and weird things happening with conveyor belts that um the way you sort of split them off and 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 merge them like you just start learning so much about how the game behaves and how these different systems interact with each other and i get like the most out of um building certain things like the way we've got our power generators set up now is like really cool and like figuring out the like pushing things to their limits like how much coal can we get out of this machine um and then how many power generators can we use that to power with that coal and how much water do we need and when are these pipes need to go and how many like pumps do we need to put on these pipes and um like figuring out all that stuff out is kind of fun um yeah like looking at numbers we got like i don't i'm not using spreadsheets or anything but i know gerald is sometimes when he jumps in he's got stupid spreadsheets that he uses (laughs) he uh it's actually you got a satisfactory calculator that's actually pretty useful uh it's like i i did it at the at the quartz mine because you can use it to calculate how many like i like you know i think he's using it to calculate like oh i want five computers a minute so i need to set it out in this layup or some shit uh layout yeah. or some shit but uh at, at like for my one i was basically just working out how i could get the mine working at 100 percent efficiency and so right. i'm i'm not actually there because i didn't have the resources required uh to build that many fucking constructors but um yeah like it's it's basically like you can have like it'll just tell you five constructors working on this uh will like working off one mine one quartz mine will be working the mine at 100 percent efficiency and so i'm not using it for like fucking layouts or anything it's basically just to tell me yeah to crunch because like you can you can do that maths yourself pretty easily yeah um it's not that big a deal but yeah, it saves you a little bit of fucking calculator time is all, which right. I appreciate greatly. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. It's all worth, right. You should check it out. Check out a uh, satisfactory calculator. Yeah, I, I just bookmarked it. I'll go check it out later when we're when we're finished. Nice. Um, anyway, that's uh, that's satisfactory. I'm I'm keen to check out some of the stuff we haven't seen before. Like well, not, the way yeah, drones they added and all these drones and shit, and we haven't even fucking done any drones or anything. Yeah. Okay. Um. Anyway, we'll see what that's like. All right, that's the games. That's all of them. Locked on. Uh, I was just, I was looking, and it looks like uh, update 
five yeah. will be out. They're doing update five before they get to 1.0. So uh, at least update five, probably more. And I believe the drones is update five, right? Or is it update four? Four. Right. So it's a little way off uh, 1.0 yet. Yeah. I mean, if you're assuming the sort of path they're going on, it was like seven months since update three. Yeah. So possibly early next year, maybe a year from now. If they, if they spend a lot of time putting features in this next update and then a couple months bug fixing, um, you'd assume it's going to be early next year would be my guess. And it's a perfect time to release a game like this. I don't yeah. think you release this game during like October, <laughs> November, where um, people are busy playing a lot of stuff. So uh, it's, yeah. it's like the perfect February game. Um, it feels like it'd get a lot of eyeballs. So, all right, that's satisfactory. Um, update four is coming out in the next two weeks. Otherwise you can play it now in the experimental branch. And, and from yep. what I understand, from what I've been, I've tried as well, the uh, save games do convert across. So that'll be handy. Um, all right. Let's do some news. Let's do it. Ghost of Tsushima is uh, getting a movie which uh, Sony is working on, but it has a director attached to it, which is the uh, director behind the John Wick series, Chad Stahelski. Um, does this pique your interest at all? Fuck yeah. More or less. More or less, like when you hear a director... Um, b that is working on this that is behind the John Wick series is that more interesting like to you would a would a Ghost of Tsushima movie be interesting <laughs> uh, I would watch a Ghost of Tsushima Tsushima movie uh, regardless uh, because mm. I love samurai movies um, but uh, yeah having fucking Chad St Stelsky, St Stahelski whatever the fuck his name is However you say it, uh, makes me way more fucking excited because that dude's fucking on some shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's got a fucking fantastic background in like action. Exactly <laughs> sort of action that I enjoy watching. So Yeah. And uh, also cinematography, like the look of a film. Like Ghost of Tsushima is a is a is a game that has a very unique look to it. Like mm. it's a very pretty game. Uh, and being able to encapsulate that would be um, really cool. Yeah, exactly. Uh, who do you reckon they get to play? Oof. Like Tom Cruise or? Yeah, Matt Damon. Or what was the other one? <laughs> Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, Scarlett yeah one of those three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, um, would the whole thing be in Japanese, though? I mean, yeah, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it, right? I don't know. I reckon, yeah. I reckon it would have to be. Although that probably wouldn't sell, right? No, it wouldn't. <laughs> no. Um. All right, let's move on here. Back for Blood has been pushed from June to October. This is the Total Rock developed game uh, inspired by Left 4 Dead. Well, not even inspired by spiritual successor to Left 4 mm. Dead, um, because it is made by the same team. Uh, we're looking forward to this. Have to wait a little bit longer. 
Um, I'm okay with them pushing it back. Polish, that sort of thing. I mean, like, yeah, whatever they need to do to make it work. I don't think we're in a, you know, there's, there's no particular rush for this game. Uh, I'd rather it was done well and done quickly. I mean, I'm that's basically my opinion about every game, but um, yeah, like, take take the time, make sure they've got it right, and I think we'll be it'll be way better for it, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Next up, we've got some Call of Duty news. Uh, this is Sledgehammer's upcoming Call of Duty, uh, rumored to be called Vanguard. That is an internal name, but also uh, potentially the final name of the game, um, will be set in World War II. So they're going back. Uh, this has been, um, this was first posted by a, I think it was a website called Modern Warzone um, and then was later verified by Eurogamer and a couple other websites as well. Um, yeah, and it will see them going back to World War II. Is that, I mean... Uh, yeah like how does this like for, for me it's how does this bode for obviously what is call of duty's biggest thing right now warzone um mm. like what what do you do that now like i feel like warzone's in this weird spot where they're they've had black ops come out they put all the weapons for 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 black ops um into that warzone mode now you've got the team from um that studio sort of taking over as well like is it gonna be this hand-me-down thing where, where where like the new stuff comes into it and then it sort of all gets merged and modeled together or do you think like it needs to be a separate entity and just stop fucking around with it i think they have such a unique opportunity to divorce themselves from the annual release cycle and uh take a little bit of time let fucking Cold War and uh, Modern Warfare and Warzone all sort of uh, continue to gestate and continue to fucking... I mean, mm. as far as I can tell, Warzone's still reaping in the fucking money. Um, so, like, I think they've got an opportunity here to, yeah, just sort of sit back and let it fucking do work for them and give it an opportunity to breathe before then ramming World War II weapons and stuff down our throats. I have very fond memories of uh, Call of Duty 2, hmm. 1 and 2, and I do think that, you know, the franchise is capable of some good World War II stuff, but wasn't Call of Duty World War II just the fucking couple of years ago? Like, it's pretty recent. Yeah, it was recent. Uh, yeah. WW2 or whatever. Like, I just, I just don't It was know called that. Call of Duty World War II. Yeah, like... <laughs> Why go back already? I don't understand. It's, there it's, was some some stuff that came out of this saying it could have been like it could be an alternate history World War Two, um, yeah. but I think then that was corrected in saying that that is not entirely the case. So um, I guess we have to wait and see. Like that could be in relation to a, a, a uh, like a zombies mode or something. Um, yeah, it's too early at this point. This is all. I mean, sources talking about things behind closed doors. Um, for me, I feel like they just needed to track themselves, at least from Call of Duty, the main series, and whatever they're doing with with Warzone. Like, you can't keep going backwards and forwards unless their plan 
and I don't like at the end of the day, I don't know how this works, but if they're always talking about we're going to nuke the island, right? We're going to nuke Verdansk. Yep. Um, yep. There's a possibility Verdansk. that happens in November, right? And then they transition to World War II or something like that. But the problem then becomes again the weapons and like the feel of the game and people being used to these types of guns and weapons and the behavior of, yep. of how this stuff works and then chucking them back to rifles <laughs> like that sort of thing like does that carry across at all yeah. um man i don't know i don't know if it does i, I think they just need to separate the two yeah and just have them be different things um yeah anyway i agree i agree uh there is another big branded game that uh could be gone down the same route it's called battlefield um this comes from a uh i think it was a twitter source tom something i'm trying to think of it off the top of my head henderson were you on with tom henderson i don't know <laughs> um tom henderson i was right it was tom henderson right, yeah well saying that um the next battlefield will be called battlefield <laughs> it will be basically a hub for battlefield games where you yep. can play all of them um, and that will encapsulate the new Battlefield, which is, I guess, Battlefield 6. Mm. Um, it'll be a, a future or like Near a present-day setting yep. um, uh, within the next sort of decade. Um, these, is, these have sort of been leaking out quite regularly. Like, they're obviously gearing up to an announcement for this, I would assume, yep. in June. Um and uh, yeah, this, this stuff seems pretty solid because this person has leaked Battlefield stuff in the past. So uh, anyway, is it a bad name? I feel like this is a bad name. At least if that's what they're calling it, they what are they doing? <laughs> like, stop it. What's wrong with, what's wrong with Battlefield? They literally had a game called Battlefield 1 yep. like four years ago. Sure. But they went to Battlefield 5. Right, and now they're back to Battlefield. So the names don't mean anything. Like, just, what, yeah. But what, all right, what's on. the next game called? Is it Battlefield 2? Or, or, or is it Battlefield 1, 2? Or is it Battlefield 7? Like, where do you go? It's just, it's just folded into the Battlefield, this new Battlefield hub Too thing. fast, two Battlefield? Too fast, two Battlefield. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think it's, you know... Fine. I think it's fine. I don't have a problem with them. What I do have a problem with is the rumor that <laughs> you will be able to boot up servers playing exclusively 1942 or even have the option to play with the settings. So one team has 1942 weapons vehicles and the other team has access to Battlefield 3 weapons vehicles. Uh, <laughs> an example given was teams fighting Panzers versus M1 Abrams. <laughs> Hmm. This cannot happen, okay? Uh, it's it's never gonna fucking Maybe work. Maybe that's how they balance the game. How how does that balance? How is any of that balanced? How does that work? That is fucking insane. Yeah. Um, There's some other details that sort of came out of this. Um, large, we've we've heard the large scale, yeah, fights. Uh, they they th this is at least saying 128 players. Um, they're talking about some sort of battle royale mode coming as well, but that will be 
later on. Um, it won't be day and date with the release. And and again, talking about like what Call of Duty is doing, like they need to do something better with their battle royale this time around. Like they had a good battle royale in um, Firestorm, and yep. they screwed it by not supporting it, anything like that. Yep. Um, so so they need to like it needs to be a free to play game from the get go. Like I don't know how they're planning on doing it, but if it's not a free to play game, there's no point in my yeah. opinion stop trying to like have them be two things like splitting your community is just ridiculous uh so i don't know man like i'm I'm excited to see what they're doing with battlefield i think there needs to be big changes in that game yeah um to get me excited because as much as i've enjoyed the last couple it's just like it's kind of feeling stale uh yeah yeah i agree um like, I'm excited for a new Battlefield, but yeah, it, it has been uh, a lot of the same stuff over and over. Uh, watching Nate's, uh, Nate went back to sort of stress test how his, his build is going because he rebuilt his PC. Yeah. Uh, fucking, that dude is insanely good at Battlefield. It is hideous. He's just he's just got muscle memory for those weapons. It's ridiculous. My biggest uh, issue with watching that video was like, where, why is it taking so long for everyone to die? It's just <laughs> like it takes too long. Too much playing, too much hell let loose. <laughs> yeah. Or just like everything, Call of Duty. Oh, it just frustrates me. Um, all right, we'll hear some more stuff about that hopefully soon. And moving on, CD Projekt Red is reconsidering Cyberpunk 2077's multiplayer. Uh, so mm. this came out of a, uh, it was like a project strategy meeting update with, I guess, investors and things like that. Um, they've, they've basically previously talked about the next thing they're working on in the Cyberpunk universe would be this AAA multiplayer game. Um but they have decided uh, to shift focus <laughs> and uh, and do something a bit different now. Um, so whether or not that means that like this thing has been cancelled or it's been uh, most likely downscaled quite a lot and they're shifting over to um, a Witcher game, which would be probably a better decision for them. Um, that is probably where they're going with this they talked about like yeah. having multiple teams now the way they've restructured their teams and how they'll kind of be working together on projects and stuff like that um do you think it's a good idea for them to just jettison that multiplayer game uh yeah based on based on their experience so far and trying to get cyberpunk into a state that is uh you know even close to par. Um, yeah. yeah, I do not think they have the manpower to uh, create an, an entirely separate multiplayer game. Even understanding, as I do, that the people who are working on the multiplayer may not be the same people working on Cyberpunk. I would imagine that Cyberpunk 2077 should still be all hands on deck in my opinion, trying to, st I, I still don't think it's up to scratch. So yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so they released a uh, like a 40 gig update this week. Uh, is it patch 1.2? Um, big major patch. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, that is now. When did that game come out? In November. Um, so it's been a while. It's been a couple yeah. of months now at this point. And yeah, I think that that kind of just shows you how much more time they needed on this. I feel like they've got at least another maybe three to six months before they can get into a state that uh, that is working well, <laughs> or at least not like buggy or anything like that. Like, did you see this? That that post they put up, the patch notes is enormous. It's massive. Um, and this is coming from a company that put out like a statement, a video saying that like, oh, we didn't see these bugs when we were testing it. Like, we don't know where these came from. Um, you absolutely knew this game was broken and decided to put it out anyway and trying to cover yeah. up and all this sort of crap. They, yeah, we've talked about it a bunch. They've lost all their goodwill, I feel like, at this point. Um, I should always be cautious about whatever they're trying to sell because uh, they've already lied. So there it is. Yep. Um, uh, next exactly. up, we've got the... Oh, it's the last piece of news here. This is from this morning. Uh, Jeff Grubb reports that... Um, this is from, uh, where is he from? VentureBeat, uh, reports that there was a bidding war for Alan Wake 2, a game from Remedy and Epic Games came out on top with the best deal. Um, so what he was basically saying was that, uh, uh, Epic got quite a bit of flack for doing all these exclusive deals on games that were already announced. Um, obviously there was, there's been a bigger, a bit of backlash, from them doing that things like hitman um and a bunch of games that basically made their way to the epic game store and weren't available on other platforms and so instead they've started going out and securing these publishing deals on games which haven't been announced um and one of those big games is alan wake 2 uh which is i guess not a surprise like this game was i talked about it a couple months ago at the end of last year like playing the control uh dlc the awe alan lake dlc it was obvious where that would go on with the future of um that studio and then alan lake 2 was going to be on the cards um so hearing jeff sort of back back up that like yes alan lake 2 is coming um it's not surprising but um i guess what the more interesting thing will, will be is like what will that game look like i don't like they they've always built upon their games remedy and they yeah. i think they got to a point where control just does so much so well giving you, you all these ridiculous powers and that sort of thing having you go back to a game that is a bit more slow yeah. paced and shining a flashlight to erode the darkness and, and and that sort of stuff um really stripping back the gameplay elements i think would be uh a step backwards and so how do you like, are you playing as a new character? Because there are hints of, of of different types of characters in in um, AWE, and maybe they end up with different abilities, or or is it just maybe is it a smaller game, or do they start blending these two worlds together, and Alan Wake ends up with weird abilities as well? Um, I don't know, man. But does that like we've sort of talked about this in the past, referring to see an Alan Wake two or a Control two. Um, maybe it's like a mixture of both. What do you think? Like, where do they go? Is this news exciting to you? 
I mean, it's exciting in the sense that, uh, you know, I, I want this world to continue to grow. Uh, but, yeah, I don't think you can go back gameplay-wise. I think it does. I think... I think what you said, uh, a mixture is the only way that they can really do it. It has to be a mixture mm -hmm. because that game, that gameplay, the gameplay of Alan Wake is just too old and stale, uh, in my opinion. Yeah. They, they've, done, they've grown too much and done too much for it to, to take such a, a giant leap backwards now. Uh, and I think it would be unsatisfying if they did, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, I feel like there's probably a ways off until we hear about that. I mean, there's a possibility they come out and say they're working on it. Um, but if I, I it's got to be a couple of years at least, like yep. two to three years before we see um, something from that, unless they've been working on it for a while now. Because um, you got to remember, Control was out in 2019. What year is it? Yeah, it's 2019 it came out. Um, so there's a possibility they've been they've been going on this thing for a year and a half at this point. Um, so another year and a half would put you in a good spot. So I don't know. We got we know they've got multiple teams there. They've got a bunch of teams working on some AAA stuff. Um, two yep. of them, I guess, are with Epic at this point. Um, this would be a different one. They've got that shooter that they that oh, yeah. they've been working on. Uh, anyway, that's mm. exciting stuff. Hopefully we'll uh, hear about that more soon. And that is the news. Any questions for this week? That you no know questions. Of? No. Oh, that's all right. We can get out of here then. Let's do it. All right. Um, you can find us on iTunes, Android, Windows Store, Spotify, YouTube, all the places you get your podcasts from. Uh, please rate and review the show if you have a moment. It helps other people find us. If you would like to send us questions, you can go to our um, Discord page, thegapodcast.com slash Discord. You can jump in there, uh, talk about all sorts of things that are going on, play some video games. Um, there's a lot going down every night. I think there's people watching yeah. watching some Dota recently. Oh, yeah. The Singapore Major. It's been going off. PGIS. Yeah, that we finished. Had a, we had a good bunch, of good group. Watching that uh, was very helpful having uh, Liam in there to explain to me what the fuck was going on because every time I what a tuned out and tuned back in, I was completely lost as to what was going on and what mattered and how it, None mattered. Of it mattered. At the end of none the of end, it mattered except for the last day. It was basically it was basically what a dumb that, format, which is ludicrous. Like Gen G went into that last week with more money than everyone else and they had a terrible week uh they come like terrible seven. finals and yeah <laughs> it was basically all for naught they, i think they still managed to come third off the back of everything they did but still it's just uh, dumb format it's so it was stupid really dumb format, it's yeah. like having the playoffs for the nba uh yep. and it's best of best of 7 but the first 6 games don't count only the last one. Yeah, yeah. Like the points you got during all those other games, you get like 20% of those points. I mean, it's and interesting games that you bring up basketball because how many fucking basketball games count, right? Like how many regular season basketball games count? None. Not all of them. Oh, some of them. Not all of them. 
No. Right? Like, but this wasn't regular basketball. This is every week was a playoff round. But if you, but was it? You know, that's the thing, right? Like, if you rejig how you look at it, maybe if you look at it like the rest of that was just a season, maybe mm. that's that was the problem. Maybe they should have formatted it like it was a seasonal play, and then you. But I think what they wanted was to have teams not feel like they were all the way out of contention. Maybe esports isn't necessarily ready for the the broader concept of having teams play. How many fucking games do they play? Like fucking a bunch. I don't know. Yeah, thirty a week. Like fucking loads of games a week. Like they were getting up towards. I would say they're probably close to eighty-seven fucking games, right? Like, hmm. uh, having that many games and having them not matter, or having no way of being able to play your way in, and there's no incentive after a certain point. Uh, they want people to continue to try because otherwise. You know, they would just be there probably hot dropping on popular teams or pursuing yeah. other goals and stuff like that. Like, they've got to find some way to work around that shit. But at the same time, yeah, it was a dumb fucking format. The way it was set out was fucking dumb. Although, an Aussie won it all. Tickleton managed to walk away with it all. And as uh, as Liam pointed out on Twitter, um, Luke 12 and Tiggleton were the top-rated players of the entire tournament, which, hmm. hey, Australian PUBG. Despite PUBG best. Corp trying to doing destroy. Their best. <laughs> doing their best to kill the game in this country. Yeah. They, can't, they can't stop the Aussies. Well, not even like that, but like even in this country, the whole thing of like uh, you need teams set up and they need a certain amount of people from that region to be able to play. Yeah. And you can't like, oh, my gosh. Yeah try and anyway uh you can find us on social media facebook.com slash ga podcast twitter.com slash ga podcast you can find this uh podcast in video form the gapodcast.com slash youtube um if you want to look for those links you can go to our website the gapodcast.com there's all the podcasts up there um there's some feature stuff job's been putting up what'd you put up this week uh you can only call it a battle royale if it's from the royale region of france uh which is basically just a look into uh, what I believe a battle royale requires to not be qualified, like de- technically a, a last man standing mode, because they are mm. different. Uh, it was, you know, pretty tongue in cheek, but something I've been thinking about for a while. Uh, I know people don't like def- definitions uh, and they get upset with that sort of stuff, but uh, I do think. Some of that stuff is important. Sometimes it is important to be able to definitively say this is a battle royale because of X. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, like I said last week, I didn't manage to get it up. Uh, I didn't manage to get it up last week. I was trying to do one video essay a week, but uh, I think that format uh, might be a little bit too uh, challenging, what with also having actual work to do on the side and a burgeoning satisfactory addiction uh so yeah i'll probably <laughs> shift it out to once a fortnight uh as instead it just gives me an opportunity i i've produced the went a little bit over board in production for this video so hmm. uh might be better off yeah just pushing it out a little bit doing one every two weeks um yeah. but yeah i think it went well i think it's a good video Got some fun clips in there. Uh, 
that last clip, what if, I, I don't think I've ever shared it, but holy shit, what a fucking clutch from Nate in that fucking last clip. Insanity. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so you can go to thejairpodcast.com and check that out. Uh, mm-hmm. And also, if you'd like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash podcast, become a recurring member, um, help support the show, help support the website, keep things running. We greatly appreciate everyone's support that does that, helps pay the bills. Um, that is it. You got anything you'd like to pimp out for this week other than your video? Yeah, go check Twitter out the video, page. and uh, that is it. What about you, Luke? Oh, and hit me up on Twitter, at Joe Jojo. Yeah, you can find me at Luke Laurie, L-A-W-R-I-E. And I think that is it for this week. Uh, I guess next week we'll be back. Got some Outriders. I'm going to grab that. Check it out. It's out now in Australia um, and a couple of hours over here in the US. So I'm keen, keen to play it. Had a lot of fun with the, the demo. Hopefully they've sorted out a bunch of the issues. Um, anything on your radar for next week? We'll just play it on Xbox. Why don't we just play it on Xbox? I don't have an Xbox. Xbox. Remember the whole point of buying or not buying Xbox was, was to (laughs) to play everything on PC. They fucked me Uh, (laughs) by doing this game pass console thing. They boomed you. Yeah. Um, I've I've got an Xbox pro thing sitting there. Uh, I don't even remember what it's called. I fired it up like three times. Xbox series S. No. S. Yeah. What's the old Xbox? Oh. The Xbox One, One X, One X. X. Yeah. yeah, dumb naming conventions. Um, yep. Yeah, I've got one of them. I'm not playing it on that. What I'm about, playing it on my PC. Can you play it on streaming? I don't think so. What? Can you? I don't know. Like the cloud? Yeah. X cloud. What would I be able to play it on then? Play it on your browser. They enable that, right? Really? To get around right. the iTunes shit. I'll have to look at it up. Let's look I don't it. think they've done it, though. That sounds like something they wouldn't do. Right. I reckon they have. Anyway. We'll find out. We'll, we'll play find some. out. This time next week. Yep. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. See you then. Love you. Bye.